Hi everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about all of their favorite TV shows and movies. In our final countdown to Bridgerton, award-winning author Sarah Whitney joins us as we discuss Pride and Prejudice 2005. Hello, Daria. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. It's been an exciting week. It has been an exciting week. And so many things have happened to us this week. <laughs> so much good TV has premiered this week. I'm like a little overwhelmed. I know. I am thoroughly sated after watching all 10 episodes of The Last Kingdom. <laughs> I cannot believe you watched it in one day. I couldn't stop myself. It was like, must continue. Cannot. And you know what? Netflix didn't even ask me if I was still watching it. They Not knew. once? Not one time. In 10 episodes? They did not ask one time. They're like, well, we know, girl. We know. <laughs> wow. I'm actually really impressed. I know. So today on the podcast, we are recapping Joe Wright's 2005 Pride and Prejudice. And we have a very special guest in the studio with us today. We have award-winning author Sarah Whitney here to help us uh, recap and review the movie. So Sarah writes sexy, sunny, contemporary romance that's unforgettable and unputdownable. A multiple award-winning author, Sarah worked as a print journalist and film critic before she earned her PhD and landed in academia. She's a good pinball player, a great baker, and an overly excitable freelance TV writer who probably has an opinion about your favorite show. She recaps you, NCIS, and the upcoming second season of Bridgerton for Entertainment Weekly. Sarah lives in Illinois, surrounded by books, cats, and half-empty coffee cups, and her new release, Tempting Fate, is out now. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Hello. Hello. Let's talk Bridgerton. Let's talk Pride and Prejudice. Let's talk all the things. I know. So exciting. Oh, gosh. So, Sarah. Yes. Tell us. Are you a Matthew McFadden fan or are you a Colin Firth fan? Okay. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> we won't judge you. Maybe. We'll see. How... How can you force people to choose the tyranny <laughs> of forcing people to choose? Because they're it's so, so different. They they're are. so different. I like I I like the evolution of McFadden, I think, a little better. I, I like that you see him come out of his shell. And even more than Firth, when you see him at home at Pemberley with his sister, you see him relaxed. And when he smiles at Lizzie, it's just, I don't know about you, but I just, I, I had... I had to pause and drink some water. Yeah. That when he is has that big my, open oh, smile. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> and maybe it's because in, in the miniseries, it just happens a lot more slowly. And in the mm -hmm. movie, it's so condensed that you see it much more clearly. But I think McFadden, just because the evolution is so obvious that he's so awkward. Firth is arrogant. McFadden is awkward and, yeah. and uncomfortable. Yeah. And I love yeah. I love a shy, uncomfortable hero. Yeah. So slight edge to McFadden, but I mean, Colin Firth is my first 
Darcy, and you never forget of your course. first. So, <laughs> so true. Uh, it is very hard. To, it, I mean, how can you choose? I know it's true. And, and Mark Darcy bring... from Bridget Jones is also very good. And this is where we talk about the Darcy bracket. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> oh, very it good. <laughs> Woo! It has been a whirlwind of a day. Let me tell you, the Matthew <laughs> Rice fans have somehow just come out of the woodwork and been like oh yeah we're taking this (laughs) so it has been a surprisingly tight race and like i don't know how to feel about it i was more consumed today by checking the poll than i was with like my own job so (laughs) i know so sorry (laughs) it is a one percent difference right now it is and it keeps just going back and forth and back and forth. It's a really big tease. I I don't know. You know who I feel like right now? I feel like Wolf Blitzer <laughs> during the 2020 election, okay? Will it be red or blue for Pennsylvania, guys? That's how I feel. I understand. <laughs> In the universe of names to come out of your mouth, Wolf Blitzer was possibly last on my list not what i was expecting <laughs> i was you know thinking... i was really thinking about the other guy the, who, with like, the khaki everyone, pants the one who had like everyone had a real big crush on in 2022 for or in 2020 for like a hot minute steve karnacki and that was steve karnacki we love we love him we do i numbers are sexy i was <laughs> just sort of imagining steve on a whiteboard and you've got various Darcy faces everywhere, and he's just drawing erratic <laughs> lines back and forth to let us know where we're leaning. Exactly. Ooh, and he just gets more and more visual. frazzled as the week goes on or as the night goes on. He's just his hair, his khakis get more wrinkled. He's just like, well, we've got some unexpected movement in this bracket. <laughs> the race fans are coming out of nowhere, making their presence known. You know what it is with those people? They all watch the Americans. So they know mm-hmm. they know underhanded, sneaky tricks. I am one of those people. I did not vote for him. But if I needed to, I could have put on a wig. And done some damage in support <laughs> right? of him. So I'm saying exactly. they learned things from the Americans that they're using in this poll. It is extremely hard to be impartial. And I'm I'm trying because this is our bracket. Believe me. I'm I'm uh, heart palpitating like I know. feelings right now to see who actually comes out on top. I know. And by the time that this episode airs, we will have a finalist. <laughs> I wonder who it will be. I'm surprised Wishbone we'll, didn't make it, to be honest. You know so what? I'm really go. sad. I really wanted to be like, you know what? We were going to give it to this person, but Wishbone just ran by and stole it, and he owns the title. <laughs> we were going to give it to an actual, you know, thespian, but we thought Soccer the Dog would be better. Human men have had their chance. Human men have had their time. <laughs> Let's move on. Like, I don't want to admit it, but like, Soccer the Dog was my first choice. I certainly voted for him every chance I got. Honestly. (laughs) Um, I learned so much from Wishbone. Truly, truly. Well, ladies, should we commence with the brilliant movie that I honestly... (laughs) In my time doing <clears throat> historical costuming, 
and reenacting. There are two very specific camps of people. People who are like, 2005 is a great film. We love it. We love Matthew McFadden. We love Keira Knightley. And the other ones are like, oh my God, did you see this line on her empire waist? It was too close to her belly button. <laughs> like, I, it is weird as hell. So, like, I have been, like, very wary of this film for a while because when I was doing historical costuming, it was always like, oh, don't use that movie. It's not a good resource. So, like, I hadn't watched it in so long. And so then when I rewatched it, I was like, first of all, if you actually knew the nuances of, like, their social status and how much money they had, the costumes that they are wearing actually are accurate because... They weren't wearing that. Like, if you look at like Caroline Bingley, she is wearing like the height of fashion clothing from the Regency era. Whereas probably some of the younger Bennett sisters are wearing clothes that belonged to their sister four or five years ago when it was like a lower waist, right? In the late um seventy or the late sorry the late seventeen hundreds or. You know, like that early sort of period between like 1790 to like 1800, which is when it was kind of like the, you know, Empire Way started to go up. So I just thought that was interesting. Not that it means anything to this show, but I just thought I was surprised. No, no, no. But um, from what I can remember, so Joe Wright was working on his first feature film. And although the script was trying to be as faithful to the novel as possible and preserving like a lot of the original dialogue, Wright wanted to sort of. I don't know, like sort of loosen up on that and deviate away from it a little bit. And he mm-hmm. actually set the film in an earlier time period. It's like a smidge earlier oh. than the book is set because he wanted to depict a like, he was calling it the muddy hem version of the time. Okay. So it's not as clean as we've seen other Regency period pieces. Be. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. What you're saying about, you know, uh, the difference in costuming is probably very, very specifically done in order to Yeah, and intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what I didn't know until I was doing just a little bit of behind the scenes reading, believe me, I didn't do that much research. I just (laughs) watched the movie. Sorry. But um, Joe Wright does not like an empire waist. Joe Wright has feelings about women's waistlines. And so he intentionally said it a little bit earlier so he could drop those waists a little bit. And then the costuming people came in and were like, actually, even though you tried to set it earlier, it's still not right. But that's why you see so much more actual waste than you do in most P&P adaptations, which I thought was kind of interesting. I also just love Joe Rice being like, screw them empire waistlines <laughs> screw them we're not doing it you know what <laughs> joe wright has a lot of opinions on a lot of things i love that for him <laughs> me too because i what i was what i was also looking at stuff i was watching the movie and i was watching it on prime um and it popped up with these like little trivia things and like one of the things was that apparently joe wright told Kara knightley that she was never to pout in the filming of this movie 
And it doesn't really say why, but I guess, it, <laughs> you know, that was just a thing. And so she doesn't in the whole movie except for one scene where she is slightly pouting. And it was because it was filmed by a second unit and he was not present. <laughs> and Kira Knightley says to this day that whenever Joe watches the movie, he complains about how she broke his no pout ban. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> so, so weird but like also i i hadn't like realized that until you are if you know that and then you watch the movie you really notice that her mouth is different than like most kira knightley movies it's true her jaw is much more relaxed in this, in this. <laughs> and i mean and i say this as someone who i i love her i yeah. love her but yeah she was really chill like <laughs> she was just so much like looser in this movie and i it, yeah it works so well so i don't you might disagree with me and i would love to have this conversation but i feel like this version of lizzie is a little modern and i feel like that's what i like about it because i like a lot of historical romances when i'm reading them where the heroines are a little bit more modern i like a little bit of I don't want to read historical actual accuracy in historical romance because that would be a lot of, I I, I don't want to step in it, but like doormat, not a lot of agency, yes, you know, yeah. it's just hard. Yeah, it's hard to, to, so because, because I think her interpretation is a little more eye rolly snarky, visually expressive in situations where I feel yeah. like probably they didn't do that back then. I think I enjoy it more because of that more fresh modern interpretation in this setting. And that's probably why, you know, we talked about Firth versus McFadden, uh, L versus Knightley. L, Jennifer L, is that how we're pronouncing that? Yeah. I, I feel like uh, yeah. she, she is just, she is so placid all the time in the miniseries. And yes. Kira Knightley is just like, <laughs> yeah. rubber face. And I, I just, I think that that works for me because I like a more modern heroine in my historicals that I read and apparently in the ones that I watch. I don't know. Did you, do you feel like she's modern? Or did you just feel like she is just expressive? Well, so I, I actually, I agree with you and what I love about it. And I think it's similar to the way you see the change in Darcy throughout the film. It's like very obvious when Lizzie is trying to respond to something that bothers her or makes her happy. It's like, you actually watch her face go through like 57 emotions before she settles yep. on what she knows is the appropriate response. Yeah. And I love that. Because it's like, her family gets a lot of shit throughout the entire film for maybe not acting in the way that they're supposed to be acting. And Lizzie somehow, pretty much almost always, figures out a way to react and respond the way that she knows that she's supposed to. So it's nice to watch her struggle with it. And we don't get that from very many other... I think adaptations it's like that eye rolly take a deep breath like then kind of say what I'm supposed to say absolutely and I think I think that's one of my favorite parts about this whole movie is that the dialogue is very very true to the book as true as they could make it obviously but it's in these micro expressions that the film takes on this sort of modern sort of feeling and makes it feel fresh you know like when you say you know when we have things like 
Darcy isn't just this stuck up rich guy. He actually is just quite awkward in his movements, in his language. Like it, it, it brings a fresh take to the dynamic of Darcy and Lizzie. And I just, that's, I think you both are exactly right. Like hit it right on the, on the head. Like I, I really do think it's, it's in those little subtle movements that you wouldn't know if you just listened to it because the words are the words written by Jane Austen, but mm-hmm. seeing just like the talent that Matthew McFadden and Keira Knightley bring to the movie, it, it just totally changes it in a good way. And I think this is, all, those are all the things that give us the hand. I, we're not ready to talk about the hand yet, but as you say, those micro expressions, I, I, I actually clocked it seven minutes in Darcy gives this amazing, oh my God, I looked at her. I looked directly at her. Look, yes, he doesn't say anything, yes. but you see his whole body react with like, I looked at her with my human eyes. <laughs> and yeah, it's yes. not dialogue, but it's, it's so, he's so good. And Jenny, we didn't talk about this. And Daria, I, I don't know what your, are you a succession person? Because I cannot oh, I wrap my head around this. Person. How is this Tom Wamsgan? How, how is this the same actor? How is this the same person? Ha. <sighs> The range. How? Like, okay, I'm going to say this as diplomatically as possible. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Colin Firth is Colin Firth in almost, no, in every single film I think I've ever seen. There's a very Damn. distinct thread of this is Colin Firth. I cannot, maybe he's just so famous to me that I look at him and I'm like, oh, that's Colin Firth. I think maybe the only film where I don't feel that is in The Kingsman. And maybe because it's a little against type for him. Um, But I think he just kind of plays almost every role as this like affable, goofy, charming, you know, man. And I even get that from his Darcy. Whereas with (laughs) Patty and (laughs) Tom is like an alien compared to his Darcy. Like they are so, so different. I they're two different people to me. I don't even I don't even look at them as the same anymore. I really don't. And it I guess it helps that there's 15 years, 17 years separating them. Mm. So you know you get some age on him and shorter sure. hair and things like that. But it's just blows my mind. I do have to stand up for Colin Firth though. A single man when he plays oh, yeah. uh, a gay man who's lost his partner and it's just quiet and sad and but otherwise no i agree he is charming british guy he is love actually he is bridget jones he is all those things absolutely Mm -hmm. but he can't i think he probably just hasn't gotten the chance to do as much Um, also mcfadian is in um mi5 which goes by spooks in england no it's mi5 in england and spooks in america or vice versa i can't remember Hmm. um i have no idea what it is in canada i have no idea uh but he plays a a super spy Okay, <laughs> I don't know if you get the British version, um, but he plays this this like badass super spy, and he's great. And it's a again, it's a whole different, whole different character, whole different guy. So, I guess um, yeah. Okay, he's my favorite Darcy. Fine, <laughs> as I'm talking about it. Fine. Yes, but it's true. I mean, listen, we've got what like sixteen. We didn't even count. I think some versions of Darcy in our bracket. Like there are so many. We've been yeah. gifted with so many Darcy's that like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Um, it. And I think, you know, just you're saying like, um, it's really funny because for a long time, like when I watched The Last Kingdom, uh, Matthew McFadden is in the first episode and he plays the main character's dad. 
just in the first episode and then he's like automatically killed it's not a spoiler guys like it's been out since 2015 literally the whole point of the show yeah (laughs) so he plays he plays the like the main character Uhtred's dad and it's funny because we used to be like oh you know it's um Mr. Darcy you know what were we calling him Mr. Darcy of Bebenberg or something like it was really (laughs) funny like Darcy of Bebenberg yeah. yeah and so you know but now it's like you look at him and like he looks more like Tom Wamskamps in in <laughs> the, the Last, Last Kingdom. Kingdom than he does like Mr. Darcy. And so now I'm just like, but I can't like imagine Tom in like the ninth century. So it's like very like hard. <laughs> but yeah, he is he is just has such range. He does. Imagine Tom in the ninth century. <laughs> dead. Immediately, Immediately dead. dead. <laughs> immediately dead or immediately king like one or the other shiv uh shiv (laughs) he'd be so confused (laughs) oh my god so great i just i just feel like we have to talk about the bennett's yes like yeah this mrs bennett might be like I really loved the Mrs. Bennett from Death Comes to Pemberley, mm-hmm. but Brenda Blethen as Mrs. Bennett in this movie, like, might be the best. Like, she's just, she's just so much. There's one scene where later in the film where she's like running after Lizzie, and I think it's right after she's like said no to Mr. Collins's proposal, and she's like running after after lizzie screaming her name but there's like all these geese but you can't tell the difference between the geese or mrs bennett like you don't know who is making the noise it's i just it's so great (laughs) yeah i think the dynamics of the bennett family in this uh version feel really lived in and chaotic and there's no like there's no introduction to them we are literally just dropped in the chaos of the Bennett family almost immediately. Yeah. And like, you don't know who's who. You don't know who's saying what. You don't know who, like, what is happening. It's just a flurry of girls in dresses and just, you know, chaos. And I love it. And noise. It, it is It is loud. The house is nice but shabby. You've yeah. got animals running around inside. Just the whole nature coming into the house and the the focus on nature and the way it reflects lizzie's entire emotional journey yeah it's the naturalistic way they approach all of that the introduction of the family the dynamics the setting all of it it's so good it is did you know that this was carrie mulligan's first film was it really apparently yeah it was her very it was her first film as kitty i know she just i actually forgot she was in it and then i was watching it i was like oh hey (laughs) It is surprising the number of actresses who have small roles in this. Uh, not small, but, you know, the sisters all, well, I shouldn't say all, but most of them went on to do other interesting things. And altogether, they don't have that many lines, Mm-mm. you know? No, <laughs> no, no. I know. I was actually surprised to see Tallulah Riley as Mary Bennett, who is, I mean, I think she's still a fairly, like, neat, like, she's just in a lot of, like, indie movies. Um, mm-hmm. But she's a natural blonde. And so seeing her as Mary, I was like, hold on, who is that? <laughs> it was it was great. It was really nice to see her because she's, she's a good actress. 
and just Rosamund Pike, I'm always a little bit scared of, thanks to Gone Girl. So when you see her in this, I'm always just like, she got murder somebody. She's gonna don't she's gonna trust do her, Bingley. It is one her. of those those things. Like between Gone Girl and then I also watched Wheel of Time this year. Yes. This year? Last year? Uh, I don't even last know. Year. When did it premiere? I can't. Um, and she's so like good at playing those really harsh characters to to see her as Jane and she's so soft and smiley and like demure I'm like who are you who I know who is that again talk about range yeah yeah exactly and then we have Donald Sutherland as Mr. Bennett and (laughs) I like I kind of love Donald Sutherland like I really do like he's he just plays such a good old man is that terrible No, no, no. I'm sure I, he has better things. So like, I mean, I know that he's like the evil villain of Hunger Games. I get it. But I watched this first. <laughs> I hate Donald Sutherland because of one role. Oh my God, because I us. imprinted on him like a baby duckling in the okay. 1990 like three movie outbreak. <laughs> Where he plays the evil military general who wants to bomb the town that's dying of some sort of some kind of dengue fever. Oh and God. I love that movie. And I wanted to go into like infectious disease when I was a junior in high school. And he was so cold and terrible in that that I have never, ever warmed up to Donald Sutherland in any role ever because of that one role. That said, I do really like him as, as Papa Bennett. I really, like, he is a very good, yeah. if it was any other actor, I would be like, mm, chef's kiss. Mm, yeah, but exactly. I just have that reservation because he was so mean to, to yeah. Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak. Oh my God. I forgot about how much I love that movie, Sarah. Jeez. It's so good. <laughs> I think too, with his Mr. Bennett, his relationship with Lizzie is great. There's such a like warmth there and a, a mutual respect there, but he drops some zingers man that like <laughs> threw me for i was like oh oh did he okay he did he went there and you like don't really see it coming because he's such a, he's really quiet in this he's like very reserved in this he's a little like oh my god this is my life yeah and then that that scene with lydia going off to the fosters and he's like she'll understand her own significance when she goes out into the world i was like oh that's your okay I know and there's there's another one when right at the beginning when they're all like did you talk to Bingley we have to be invited to Netherfield and and then (laughs) Mrs. Bennett's like don't you think about my nerves and he's like I do they have been my constant companion for 25 years (laughs) I love that let's take a second to think about that marriage yeah like honestly it is it is so interesting the way that they sell it too because later on in the film when they're in bed together and you see through the, and I we'll talk about this later it's one of my favorite sequences in the film and he just looks at her with such this like bemused like expression and it's so fond yes that I'm like mm. oh god all right it's there there's something there yeah. that's yeah. like you know driving all of this yeah exactly <laughs> oh i know i just i i love that first scene when they're all just like so insane like just and lizzie <laughs> just thinks they're all hilarious but you can see like she's really not really that into it like she play, kind of plays along but she's not really like you know their girls are all fighting over the shoes and the ribbon and she's just like laughing at her sisters and then we get into this first ball and 
Okay, as someone who did two and a half years of English country dancing, I really love this scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jenny, tell us I more. Did. Tell us more, please. Um, so <laughs> uh, a friend of mine invited me to go to a Jane Austen ball in Toronto uh, way back, pre-pandemic, pre-child way back and they're like okay it's this ball and if you come to this workshop in the afternoon before the ball they'll teach you how to do some of the dances and it was run by an uh, it's called english country dancing and that's the style of the dancing that they do in all of these all of these jane austen movies and so i went um, and it was really fun. It was like you felt like you were in a Jane Austen movie. Like it was really fun. Um, and so I just kept going with her and I did it for all of 2012 and most of 2013. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, it, was, it was. It's actually not as hard as it looks. It's really just like counts of one, two, three, four or one, two, three. Like it's very easy for the most part but i have definitely danced with a red coat in uniform before so that was kind of fun i know <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> but um no i just i love it because all the music is music that it's like it's pretty standard music at this point like it doesn't change much there's not not a lot of modern english country dancing <laughs> so <laughs> the the songs are all the same so of course i was like watching it was very fun because you got to listen to all the music and watch everyone dancing and i will say it's a lot more accurate in the dancing than in bridgerton uh, yeah like I obviously <laughs> the music is different but the like, I, I, you see what they're trying to do, but, like, definitely Bridgerton has taken their own sort of s style. Did y'all see that they released the playlist for season two, the songs that they're doing? No, I didn't. Yeah, there's some good ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. I can't say more than that. They're very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is where I, I haven't verbalized this. I have seen oh, yeah. season two. I'm not allowed to talk about season two of Bridgerton until the embargo date is here and it will be past the time when this episode goes live. So I know things and I can't say things, but I am <laughs> drinking wine. So let's see how this goes by the end of this episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think too, in, in Bridgerton's favor, they are going for a very like stylized tape yeah yeah everything is heightened whereas Absolutely. this is much more and, and i would i will say having seen having just watched season two of bridgerton and then watching this the dresses are so drab and i know it's accurate i know that young unmarried women wore the light colors or they wore mm -hmm. the, the drab you know i get it but bridgerton yeah. is such a visual Listen, I, I am a Lady Penelope apologist when it comes to style. Like, I love I love it. All the Featheringtons can do no wrong stylistically, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Embroider more flowers on yellow things for me. Yeah. Right? I totally so agree. to go from that, and then the Sharma sisters, as you've seen in the trailer, so this is not me speaking out of turn, wear <laughs> vivid colors, like lovely yeah. things. Yeah. So then Beautiful. to go to this, I'm like, yeah, no, I know it's accurate. And that's nice and all, but... <sighs> yeah, yeah exactly kind of boring <laughs> i think what works for joe wright in this and the cinematographer is roman osin it's such a warm warm set mm. the scenery is really mm. warm and really yeah. colorful 
And that helps a lot. There are other directors who would do this film and everything would be shades of gray, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like the neutral clothing and the slightly boring style is at least saved by like stunning natural light and warmth and sunsets and greenery. Like that really helps because you're right. Like if it didn't have that going for it, it would be a really, really like groggy kind of watch. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Bennett house, for example, doesn't have a lot of bright colors, but they're rich Mm -hmm. and they have a patina and they have, you know, crackling on the paint and crumbling brickwork. So you're right. That, Mm -hmm. that richness, that's a really great way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, Wow, nice. I like that. Thank you. That's a great way to think about the color palette. I still like Bridgerton better, but this has a subtle yeah. deepness that's really lovely too. Well, it's it's funny because I think I have Bridgerton's, uh, when I think of Regency now, I do almost automatically think of Bridgerton. So that when I was yeah, watching this today, I was like, what's going on with those outfits? <laughs> I was like, they're really not that exciting. Like, where, what? So yeah, I think Bridgerton has sort of ruined me for Regency styling because everything yeah. is just so stunning. Agreed. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about the entrance of Darcy, Caroline, and Bingley <laughs> into the Meriton Country Ball because <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, you're like introduced to this ball and everyone is having such an amazing time and they're dancing and they're, and they're super jovial and just, this is clearly something fun that they do at the assembly ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just like a fun nighttime activity. And then you have, the way the music just stops when you have like very high society guests coming in and they're all just staring at them. I... I love the juxtaposition of it because it's very much country meeting, you know, very, like, very important in their eyes, people. And it's, there's no finesse. They're like, oh, hey, I'm going to stare at you for a solid five minutes and make you feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, so awkward. Poor Darcy. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Now, Sarah, you were talking earlier about when you clocked the the look between Darcy and Lizzie. Is it in this scene? I think it's at the ball because my next note is Miss Bingley is resting bitch face goals. And I think that was at the ball that she was just (laughs) extreme resting bitch face. So yes, it was at some point in the ball, he sees her among the crowd of young women and his Mm -hmm. face just, he does a, a full body panic in a millisecond and it's wonderful. It really is. He just is like, <laughs> you can almost feel him like gasp. Well, and I feel like, you know, Sarah, what you said before about how he plays Darcy so awkwardly. I love that that grumpy kind of moody thing that we get from Darcy is being interpreted as, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm having, yeah. like, I don't know how to act in public, basically. Like, it's this really like gut-wrenchingly socially awkward blah like full body shake of like (laughs) how do I behave here I don't understand I love it (sighs) and I do love that they they do explain it eventually with I'm I'm not at ease in social situations or talking to people I've just met or whatever his line is so they do eventually explain it but at the beginning I mean not to lady splain pride and prejudice but obviously he comes off as 
total nightmare and you make a snap decision about a person and i mean god knows haven't we all done that like somebody who seems so incredibly standoffish and you're just like oh forget you but they just are not great in big settings like that so it's it's lovely and he does he really just more awkward heroes please yeah yeah i agree absolutely um, and I just want to do a shout out to Caroline Bingley, who is played by Kelly Riley, aka Beth Dutton on Yellowstone, who I love so much. She is <laughs> so it's really funny because there is so much Beth Dutton in Caroline Bingley, and it's been like 15 years. <laughs> You know, but Yellowstone like, is the next thing I'm watching. So I this is oh news to god, me. I am Sarah, very excited. Uh, oh my god, she <laughs> is amazing. She is absolutely <laughs> insane. Like she is crazy <laughs> on so many levels. And Kelly Riley is just like I can't. She is just I love her so much. She's so amazing. Her and her and uh Cole Hauser are just like oh they're so good i can't stop touching my face when i think about it they're so good like i cannot wait i would like you to just um live tweet me every single episode that you (laughs) okay do not put that out to the universe because i will and it will be irritating but i will do it (laughs) no please do it because i truly love that show it is such a it has its faults believe me it has deep (laughs) faults uh but i really really do love it um because i love a broken sad boy (laughs) and there are multiple broken sad boys in this show so it's real good all right it just moved way up to the top of my list (laughs) oh my god that's so funny oh my gosh so gosh this ball is like a crash course in the dynamics of these characters. You have <laughs> you have Kitty and Lydia giggling nonstop as they're dancing. You have Mary roaming around, being very confused <laughs> about why she's there. Yeah. You have Mrs. Bennett who's trying to just push Jane and Bingley together like they're little Barbie dolls and like smashing their faces together. It's true. And I mean, listen, talk about like love at first sight. We see like two iterations of it, right? Because you see Bingley and Jane and you see Darcy and Lizzie. And like, I refuse to believe that Darcy's freak out is anything more than that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> right. And so I like the the difference in how they deal with it. <laughs> Bingley's yes. like following Jane around like he's a little lovesick puppy. And Darcy's like, Sure, yeah, she's fine, I guess, if you, like, had to be in her presence. I mean, that's, like, all right, sure. I mean, she's okay. Like, if somebody (laughs) forced us to go into a corner and kiss for five minutes, it would be terrible. But, like, okay, I mean, I guess I would explore it, but ugh. (laughs) Right, exactly. If she was the last woman on Earth, maybe. (laughs) Can I ask ask the question that nobody is asking? Nobody is asking for me to ask this question. I acknowledge this. Is this. Is this version of Darcy a virgin? Has this man known the touch of a woman? I say he has not. No. And I would love to hear your thoughts. I broke Jenny. She's broken. I I think that you are 100% 
<laughs> accurate here. I really do. If there is experience, it is very minimal. He did not enjoy it. Neither did she. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Like, I, I just really feel like that's not what this character has in his past. But I would love to hear other thoughts. I just want to say. I believe we have found the intersection of Tom Wom's gams. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Let it be known that we all just silently broke our brains on camera. <laughs> I think I might have to make a Venn diagram for socials that is just Darcy and Tom and in the middle, Virgin. <laughs> I I totally, totally see it. I mean, he just doesn't seem like the kind of man who prioritizes stuff like that. Okay, but also he can't even look at a girl. <laughs> he would just be so horrified, like in a brothel setting like he just would can you imagine the flailing oh no yeah it kind of reminds me of <laughs> oh no i can't believe i'm gonna say this it reminds me of when bella walks into the classroom and uh edward sees her for the first time <laughs> he's just like oh oh he does look like he's gonna vomit that's accurate <laughs> both of them he's there's all another venn diagram it's a full <laughs> body shudder like there's such a physical response to it 100 mr darcy is a virgin and there's nothing wrong with that but it's right there no it's true more awkward yeah. heroes more virgin heroes let's do it oh yeah my god there are tears running down my face right now <laughs> thank um, you for letting me go on this little digression i appreciate I, you i appreciate this is a safe space sarah a safe it space it is i really want to talk about the conversation that happens at the ball when they're talking about poetry and Lizzie is trying to shut her mother up because she's being so horrendous. Yeah. And um, earlier she had asked him if he liked dancing and he said no. And then, you know, he, they were talking about poetry and, you know, he's like, well, I thought poetry was sort of like the, I can't remember the exact words he uses, but he's like the fruit of love or something like, you know, like that's, that's how you, you know, and she's like, and she, what did she say? She said, she says something about, no, it's dancing and finding, finding the person mostly tolerable or something, which is whatever he says to Bingley about, about what, how she is or something like that. And I just thought, I just love that whole little interaction. It's so good. And I just, I, I love that he loves the way she laughs at him. Obviously not in this first scene, but when you see him realize when this woman mocks me, I love it. He, he, it's yeah. like we watch yes. Darcy discover his kink. <laughs> and it is still being laughed at by Elizabeth. We watch it unfold in this movie. It is really, it's a beautiful journey. really, really good. It really is. I do <sighs> want to take a second to talk about Charlotte. Lizzie's close friend because she's a great sort of catalyst for a lot of things to happen throughout the rest of the film and and, and also the source of Mrs. Bennett's like shittiest kind of <sighs> yeah. in her effort to prep up her daughters as the best beautiful brightest most talented she has no problem throwing Charlotte under the bus and I I really Oof. I love Charlotte I love Charlotte she 
her line later on about being 27 and and poor and like a burden for her parents and it's so hard (laughs) but i do i i love that they are so close and their paths could not be more different as the film kind of goes on and so i think it's really it's a beautiful way that we got to be introduced to them and their friendship and and it's so interesting to me i don't know the the financials of the lucases versus the bennett's i'm not that much of an austin scholar but lizzie's also kind of a burden on her parents she and her four unwed sisters and so charlotte saying i gotta get married and get out because i'm 27 i suspect lizzie's younger again i'm I'm not quite sure what her age is but lizzie is not gonna do that so it's just it's interesting that Charlotte is the practical one. Charlotte is the one who who actually lived in that time. And Lizzie is the one who is behaving in ways that we all would if we were transported to that time. Because we would be like, no, I'm not marrying you. Are you kidding me? Right. So, exactly. But you're right. They just are such a great juxtaposition of, of the different calculations that women did back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, really love it. Because I think it's a good point. Lizzie is so steadfast in her beliefs that it's almost like she doesn't realize the reality of her family situation. Mm-hmm. And like we can harp on Mrs. Bennett all we want because she's an annoying pain in the ass, but <laughs> she is well aware of the fact that she has five daughters and not a lot of money, and she has no idea what her future holds unless she can marry these girls off. Yeah, she understood the assignment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> also, like just briefly, because so we've got like. After the ball, Jane gets invited to Netherfield by Caroline to, you know, dine with her. And then um, (laughs) Mrs. Bennett makes her walk so that she gets sick and has to stay overnight. Like, Jesus. But, you know, (laughs) desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah. It's five daughters. Okay, five daughters. Five daughters. Right, exactly. And then... That is when we get that, like, cute, the first kind of cute little scene between Darcy and Lizzie where she's kind of poking fun at him and he kind of likes it. And it's interesting because Bingley's sister, oh my God, it's so hard for, like, she waffles back and forth between being a (laughs) antagonist to Lizzie to also being able to relate with her on certain things and so it's a very interesting friendship and aside from the way she totally just like if you could back then drape yourself on a man to sort of like make him want to be around you um (laughs) every scene between her and darcy is so like i get secondhand embarrassment because i'm like he doesn't he doesn't want you near him please go away (laughs) but she doesn't read any of those social cues the 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 little walk they do around the room which is also hilarious do women just walk around rooms in the regency era i i they really do i can't jenny i can't i can't Daria, do it. there was nothing else to do that was the only time you got to like rest your fingers from all the embroidery that you had to do or the letter writing or the <laughs> piano forte playing yeah or the watercolor painting or the you know, don't. whatever. I, I would watercolor I wouldn't paint. last a week. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Truly. That's one of my favorite parts of Austin Land is when um, <laughs> Carrie Russell's character is like, oh, I guess this is just what we do all day, every day. This 
full time. That's fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's quite um I really I really do like that scene between her and Darcy and and you know the, this little like you know he he seems very aloof you know for the whole scene but then there's like just this little moment where he's almost entertained by her for I, a moment. I I do think that she's like wearing him down a little bit. Like, and he's starting to feel comfortable in her, like, little verbal attacks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, if I spend any more time with this woman, I'm going to just ask her to berate me, basically. Yeah, (laughs) probably he keeps getting a boner. Basically, what we've decided, is that what it is? I think Darcy does not know what to do with his boners. (laughs) Especially at a ball. And yet, this is, I feel like this is, this is slander. This is Darcy slander because these two characters are so hot for each other by the, the you know, after the first third that he's going to figure it out. Like, we all know that. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be motivated. <clears throat> so, Agreed. no Darcy slander here. No. No. <laughs> and then we have the whole Bennett family comes. I kind of feel like I understand Caroline being like, are we going to host them all? Like, why do they keep arriving? I mean, Caroline, not wrong to be a little horrified. Yes. I hate to say it. No, it's it is kind of true. And like even later when on Darcy's first very terrible failed proposal, he's he's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, the first thing she says when she comes to the house is, wow, this place is beautiful. Very expensive furniture. And it's like, lady, find your chill. You are coming off so desperate. Like, play the long game for five. Like, just relax. Oh, God. So they're all there. They've come to collect Elizabeth and Jane. And then we get the moment, the most memeable moment of the entire movie, the hand clench. It is, again, he doesn't, like, it's like he can't control himself and then he has to. Like, it's just this, like, oh, for a split second, I'm going to look at her. For a split second, I'm going to, like, laugh a little. For a split second... I'm going to take her hand in mine and help her into the carriage. And then it's like his brain goes, like, what did you just do? It's like the Kill Bill sirens start going. Like, like. Bare hand to bare hand, two second contact is Regency Shy Guy third base. So and he just did that in the driveway in front of her family. He has to turn around because he has such a big boner right now. (laughs) Fully. Well, and the best part is that, like, uh, Liz- Lizzie has no fucking clue what's going on. She's like, this man is so annoying. He's so uptight. He's so rude. He's yeah. so dour. And now he's touching me? What is happening? Like, yeah. he cannot. And why do I love it so much? Yes. <laughs> and 
and I realize I'm going off into my own fanfic with this. I acknowledge that. But if she had seen the hand flex, if Lizzie had noticed it, it would look like cooties, right? Yes. It would look like annoyance. Yes. It would look like, ugh, I yeah. touched her gross. And we all know it was too many feelings in these fingers. Don't know what to do. You know, but it, it, it could be she... If you wanted to do a whole scene of her misinterpreting that and being like, my touch disgusts you that much, let's talk about this, asshole. You could. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to. That's how it's she would have read it moment. at that point. Yeah. Because she, mm-hmm. she is thinking the worst of him all, all the time, which we are all very here for. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah. I will run into the crowd who, do- who doesn't understand the hand flex. They just go, yeah, it just seems like he was, you know, trying to shake her off. And I'm like, where does your media literacy why do you not people. understand? Yeah. And like, is this what's coloring your perception of like the 2005 adaptation? Because like, that's a golden moment. That's a golden moment. It's so good. Um, And can we just talk about that moment for one second? Do that more. was not in the script. Yes. That was 100% McFadden just living his truth as Fitzwilliam Darcy and Joe Wright was like, oh, let's do that again. <laughs> and like he just and I guess he's been interviewed a couple times about it. And he's just like, yeah, like I, I just kind of went with it and it just happened. And so, I know. So humble I know. because that scene to me <laughs> makes like the entire movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It Joe Wright should does. be thanking his lucky stars and writing Matthew McFadden love letters. Every week. Letters. Yes. Every week. Yeah. He should pay for insurance on that hand just to make sure <laughs> it never gets damaged. Anyway. Right? Exactly. So this uh, is why the Bridgerton people put those moments in the show, right? Like they're Oh, I have to thing. imagine. And so that's why the Bridgerton folks are like every every season gets at least one hand thing, right? Well, and it's also like, and I think Jenny and I have talked about this before. I feel like there's a distinct lack of sexual chemistry among romantic leads in film these days. Like I find so much of what's coming out to feel like it. I don't buy it. I don't buy a lot of the like chemistry between lead characters. And I feel like those moments, those like physical moments are so important to capture this like I don't know what to do with my body. I'm feeling so many things at once right now, and like this is how it's going to come out. And I like I just crave more of that. So Bridgerton following that lead to me is like oh, thank fucking god I am watching a romance with people who actually want to touch each other. Like I need to see that more. I, I-, I watch certain movies and I'm like, did you guys just meet? Do you even like? Are you looking at each other or is it just CGI? Because I feel nothing between you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I find that there's there's not a lot of um, emphasis on chemistry these days, for sure. Is it script or is it actor pairings, I wonder? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is both as well. I feel like, and I'm going to be careful when I say this, but I feel like the whitewashing of Marvel films has sort of influenced a lot of other action films. And I think that has trickled down to everything else where it's like, we relied too much on the funny quips and humor. And we don't actually put any effort into like writing these moments between 
love interests. And also, I feel like we just put the same five people in every movie. And it's like, well, can we guarantee? Like, oh, God, what was that movie with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence? The really creepy rape space movie. The the space one? Passengers. That was. Yeah. You could have fixed that with just a little tweak of the writing and not made it like a rape love story. Oh, my God. Like, talk about a prime example of the weirdest, most sexless. I mean, like, everything about it was like, let's just take the most famous man and the most famous woman and write this really bad story and see what happens. Blah. The definition of sterile right there. Yes. Sterile is exactly the word I am thinking of. And I understand it's outer space. When we're talking about passengers, I I get that the Mm -hmm. setting itself is white and stark, but that was, boy, (laughs) talk about a movie that needed a million rewrites or just not to happen. Just not to happen. Specifically not, to happen. not with Fair. Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think like, and I mean, Sarah, Sarah has heard me rant at length about HBO and their lack of sex in their shows. Um, and well, how, except for Euphoria. Except for Euphoria, uh, because it's a show about high, st- yeah, high schoolers. So like, I don't want to get on that again, but because uh, it was, it was lengthy. Uh, <laughs> however, I think that there is also, and I don't really know how this fits into media, and if it's if it's if it's media influencing this generational sort of thing, or is it the generation influencing the media? But there is like a very distinct purity culture happening right now in media, and in and it is odd. Yeah. It is weird. I don't understand it. I know it exists and I know it's there and I can see it. I just don't. Where is it coming from? Uh, You know, that is a that is a conversation that I could have at length. (laughs) At length. And I don't know if we even have time for it. But I will say (laughs) that the way that uh, woke culture has in in gen z has sort of gone from just being like aware and taking accountability for the things that are are wrong in media and going to this crazy 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 cycle of well we should never have nudity and we should never have sex and we should never have curse words and we should never do these things and any iteration of them is bad like you have kids online that are like, there's not a single movie ever made that's ever been improved by a sex scene. And it's like, no, I think we're going too extreme now. <laughs> Sarah, as a as a romance novelist, would you like to weigh in? <laughs> Listen, shut up, children. First yeah. of all, shut up. Okay, I will say, I have read Closed Door Romance. I've read Sweet Romance that's very good and that I didn't miss mm-hmm. a sex scene because it was really well done. And that's the story the writer wanted to tell. Great. I have loved rom-coms that have faded to black. Yeah, sure. Um, while you were sleeping, did anybody do anything other than kiss in that? And that is oh, one of the like sexiest yeah. movies of all time. Yeah. Bill yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm on record that my favorite rom-com is Gross Point Blank. There is not a lot of like heat sexually on camera in that. That's fine. But don't throw out everything that has sex scenes as being unnecessary or being uh, and i feel that way about nudity it can be done very very poorly very exploitatively you can take advantage of actors let's be honest 
women and it's not always obviously it's 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 men it's gender non-binary it's it's everybody can be taken advantage of on a movie set but when it's done right if you have an intimacy coordinator if you have a script writer director producers it adds i mean yeah bridgerton had a lot of skin in season one uh, but people weren't just watching it for the sex but tell me the sex didn't enhance and i realize bridgerton has some problems yeah tiptoe away from that That's fair. That is fair. Yep. I mean, yep. I do think that also should have been reconsidered before they filmed that particular scene. But oh, in general, yeah. I think I think any blanket statement, all sex is bad, all sex is good, no sex is bad, all sex is good. Like you can't yeah. just you can't there's just no make a nuance. Like that. No, no. There's a distinct mm-hmm. like lack of nuance in media literacy these days that is like very strange. Yeah, I, I think any I'm uncomfortable with any blanket statement. I've read sex scenes that I didn't think enhanced or helped. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. I've read them that that absolutely made the book, you know, or made the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, imagine you know, atonement without that scene in the library. I've never seen atonement. <gasps> Wait a second. <laughs> We're going to have to cover it and bring you back because that movie, that movie Holy shit. Talk about Joe Wright at his absolute best. I agree. I've sure. also never read the book. I'm, I'm actually looking behind me. I'm, in, I'm recording this in my library. I, it's in my shelves. I've just never read it. Like I am, I have no knowledge of atonement. Okay. Well, I've you never actually read it being, either. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> but I've just seen the movie and it's, it's really good. It is really good. Yeah. Anyway, before we get too off track, oh no, I, I just oh, don't know any blanket statements. This yeah, is how I, it works yeah. here. <laughs> oh, we have so awesome. many What's tangents, happening? Sarah. It's totally fine. <laughs> I will say, I I appreciate the the thought of this has been exploitative, and people have been forced into situations yes. and scenes and filming situations where they weren't comfortable too often, and that is that is awful. And I'm so glad we have better culture around that. But the answer is not everybody keeps their pants on all the time. Sometimes yeah. it is, but not always. So that's I that's totally my agree. I, it, yeah, it's a case by case basis. I think mm-hmm. there are there are stories and and pieces of media where I'm like, this really really works, and then you know there are others where I'm like, oh, I just think this is the director's wet dream and nothing more. Ugh, yeah, and sure, it's probably sixty forty in terms of like that. But uh, yeah, again, any blanket statement is just lazy, and. I- and I say this as someone who just got a review in of her new book that ends with there is sexual content. So keep that in mind. <laughs> I feel like You're I need like- to screenshot that and actually put that <laughs> you do. in an ad. That's a selling point. I would put that on like your website. <laughs> exactly. Put it on your like- new Twitter header. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarah Whitney's books have sexual content. It just could not sound more clinical and awful. Sexual right, content, right. Y'all. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, guys. We have to get back on track. <laughs> I want to do 20 more minutes on the hand flex. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh, I know. So the Bennett's return home and they find out that they have a visitor arriving shortly and it is uh their cousin um or their father's cousin uh mr collins uh who is a clergyman who is going to inherit longbourn uh after mr bennett dies so (laughs) 
Wow, Mr. Collins, a true milk toast of a man. Yeah, talk about repression. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is one repressed little man. <laughs> it's true. Oh and like his his quote or his like he says when they're at dinner and he's like, "Oh, these are the best boiled potatoes I've ever had." It's like, <laughs> "Oh boy. Oh boy." <laughs> he's just like so happy about these like boiled potatoes it kind of just like sums up mr collins's like whole personality in like one single comment also does lady catherine know he complimented somebody else's boiled potatoes because i feel like she would not like that (laughs) right (laughs) exactly she would totally hate it oh i do think the arrival of mr collins creates uh it definitely sets the stakes of the film. I mean, we know that Mrs. Bennett is dead set on getting his uh, their daughters married. And we know that maybe they don't have a ton of money, but his arrival just reiterates again, like the Bennett's had five daughters. There are no sons. Longborn could be lost to them. And, you know, when he mentions that he's ready to sort of find a wife, Mrs. Bennett's like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Like just, Elizabeth's great. Go for her. Because she's, right. she's like, she understands. Like, she wants to keep a house, the house and the family. She wants to marry off her daughters. And Collins is fine. Fine. <laughs> right. Fine. Yeah. And, you know, and he's kind of just like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> like, yeah. He's also f- not very picky. He's just like, I was going to pick one of the five, so I'll take your suggestions. It is. <laughs> truly something else and it's actually strange because mrs bennett doesn't find him she can't even pretend to find him enjoyable who could yeah (laughs) i know i know you'd think that she'd be like well i don't want to be around this guy i'm gonna make him my son-in-law like it is i'm like damn she's dedicated she's dedicated she does not even care that she's marrying off her daughter to a total fucking drip (laughs) of a human being (laughs) Is it dedication or is it desperation? It's a fine line. Honestly, I was going to say with her, I feel like it's kind of 50-50. 50-50, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And is this now when we meet, they meet, uh, right before the ball, they meet Wickham, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're like going into town. So... The reason they're going into town is to buy ribbon for Bingley's ball, which yes, it's amazing that Lydia and Kitty are just like, yes, please throw a ball. I want to go. And they're so outrageously like, no, no chill. No chill. No no chill to be found in the majority of the Bennett family. None. (laughs) Like truly. But yeah, on their way to in, to go into town to buy ribbon for the ball, they meet the very charming and handsome Lieutenant Wickham, who is very pretty in this. They did a good job. I was going to say, he has nice, long, tawny hair. That That is, it's a, it's a good look. Rupert Friend probably has spent the majority of his career being confused for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, it it works. It does. You know, I mean, and I actually think Kira Knightley and Rupert Friend dated for a smidge. I'm going to confirm this. I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, I know him from that Victoria movie with Emily Blunt. He played um, Albert. 
and I know him from Homeland. He was Carrie's, like that was him. Yeah, you know, um, okay. He's like the other kind of like spy. I can't remember what what his name is in the show, and he like almost dies in one of this like earlier seasons. He gets like an anthrax poisoning or something, but he survives. But yeah, he is in he's so he's in Homeland for I think I want to say like all the seasons. I haven't watched all of it. They but, uh, dated in, in for five years. I think they got together whoa. actually on the set of Pride and Prejudice. Five years, wow! Because they broke up in like 2011. Huh, that's impressive, actually. Yeah, I and I'm I'm having a hard time with the fact that 2011 was <clears throat> more than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. It's also the year I graduated from college, so I'm feeling. Oh boy. I'm feeling a you feel. feel old. <laughs> All right, shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know how many years I've been at my current job in 2011? I'm not going to tell you, but yeah. it was a while. Oh, gosh. That's funny. Yeah, so we we have this sort of like, I think of all of the Pride and Prejudice that we've seen so far or that I've seen over the years, I think Rupert Friend is a pretty good Wickham. I mean, look, Matthew Good does a lot of things very well yeah <laughs> and i really liked him as george wickham in death comes to pemberley but we haven't seen him as george wickham in pride and prejudice yeah so like i can't really say yeah matthew good is the best george wickham because we've never really seen him as like the charming wickham yeah you know so like i think i have to give it to rupert friend because as much as i love matthew good I really feel like, you know, Rupert Friend kind of does it best. Well, and I think also with Matthew Good and Death Comes Pemberley, you see a lot of Wickham's darker qualities come out right on the screen. Mm-hmm. With this, we only see Wickham really for like five seconds in the movie. And he's very charming and like sweet. Like he's sweet to the Bennett girls. Yeah. And all of his harsher moments happen off off screen really i was gonna yeah. say i feel like his his is the role that is most underwritten compared to the miniseries or compared yes. to the book i think i mean oh, there's a lot sure. of characters get short drift but i feel like the wickham character is the one in the miniseries at least that you see a lot more of the charm and the scoundrel yes yeah. yeah and here there's just not much just like with the sisters you have these amazing actresses as the sisters who have you know a handful of lines in total yeah kind of same here yeah i mean yeah. this is this is the the lizzie darcy show there's really yes. no other yeah. character. And I have no same. problems with that. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think Rupert was a great choice because he's adorable. He's fucking adorable in this movie. Yeah. I would he sit is. under a tree and talk to him. <laughs> and his pretty, pretty hair. Pretty, pretty yes. hair. Very, very tawny. Ugh, it's a dream. <laughs> Take that to my colorist the next time I go. Right? <laughs> I love it. And so we also, that's the first, right after when they meet Wickham and they're walking back, they are accompanied by Wickham. They're walking back to the house and that's when they run into Darcy and Bingley and they're on the horses. And that's when um, Darcy and Wickham see each other and Darcy's just like, peace. (laughs) Just leaves. He does not say anything. He just turns around and takes off. He's a lover, not a fighter. It's true. He's not dueling with anybody, that is for sure. (laughs) And I guess right after that, it goes right into the Netherfield Ball, Mm -hmm. which is 
it's such a good i just love it well i i think too um right before the ball we get that i just the tracking shots in this movie Mm -hmm. make my entire life and every time we get one in longbourn i just makes me feel so happy and that scene right before the ball where all of the girls are getting ready and they're doing each other's hair and they're like tightening up their corsets it's just love it like I love even though we don't get a lot out of the sisters in terms of actual lines we yeah. do get a lot of physicality between them and we can get that kind of like that sisterly thing where they're like oh for sure sometimes they're loving each other and sometimes they're yelling at each other and sometimes you know <laughs> what I mean like it's very it feels like a real family like someone with sisters wrote you know what I mean like wrote this script yeah because mm-hmm. yeah it really yeah. really works well, and I love it's just it's nonstop. Somebody's looking for somebody. Somebody's avoiding somebody. Somebody's staring at somebody else in the background. You know, somebody's having a good time in one shot. And by the end, they're in tears. It's just it is such a great party scene. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I just <laughs> there's so many funny mo- moments in the ball, too. Like, I mean, Joe Wright does a lot of really beautiful period dramas, but he really does have these like really, really funny moments in the ball. And like Mrs. Bennett is just a fucking joy to watch the entire time. She's just like dancing around with her little cup of sorbet or something. And like, she's just twirling. I don't even know what she's doing half the time. Yeah. And then we get this like amazing moment when Darcy just comes up to Lizzie and he's like, can I have this dance? And she's like, yes. And he's like, okay. And then walks away and he's, it is, he's so awkward. He's such a virgin. He's such a virgin. Sarah, like, I cannot believe we never thought about it until just now. Like, (laughs) like, I don't think the Colin Firth Darcy is a virgin. No. I think this Darcy is a virgin. Yes. That's, I'm just, yeah. 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 For sure. I agree. Ask a pretty girl to dance and then spins away because he's got to go like spend five minutes psyching himself up. Yep. To do it. And one of my favorite parts is as they're dancing and whatever song comes on, Lizzie's like, this one's my favorite. And he goes, yeah, me too. (laughs) And I'm like, buddy, you don't like dancing. But you're going to tell this girl right now that this is your favorite dance because it's her favorite dance. And I'm like, ah, there it is. Like, there it I is. Know. It's loves her so much. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Really yeah. Oh, God. So good. And then I love, there's, like you said, there's like those funny moments in the, in the ball, like just watching Mr. Collins in the background of like the entire scene is just like, painful but like also joyful <laughs> well and you know Keira Knightley's affair is she's a taller woman so you forget that Darcy is played by Matthew McFadden who's like six three yeah he's a beautifully tall man I'm sorry continue scene towards the end where Mr. Collins is like oh Darcy's <gasps> here I must go and talk to Darcy and Lizzie's like no please don't and you see him standing behind Darcy. And he doesn't even come up to the man's shoulder blades. Like, that what? is, he is half his size. I know. Like, you know, credit to Tom Hollander, who, like, truly plays an excellent short man. <laughs> like, he really does. He 
he knows his strengths and he he does a good job on them. And the best. I mean, we're gonna like, give him we're giving him short king status, right? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Spot on. Hundred percent. I love that when he clears his throat and Darcy turns around, he actually looks around and then down. I know. <laughs> oh, it's so painful. But he takes it in stride. Like, Mr. Collins is the kind of guy that, like, is so sort of in his own head that, like, uh, he doesn't really even notice. Like, he really, he was like, all right, it's fine. Yeah, I know. I'm down here. It's cool. <sighs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so after that, the next day after the ball is the painfully awkward marriage proposal. Uh, yeah, followed by the world's most hungover breakfast. Oh my god, amazing! I love that you don't have to say anything, but the breakfast is first, I think, and then it's the and then it's the proposal. Yeah. You're right. Oh my god, I love the egg and the juice. <laughs> and Mrs. Bennett's hair is like just haloed around her head. She clearly hasn't like moved since coming out of the ball, and it's like she's just <laughs> unraveling. Right, exactly. Oh my god. Oh god. And Mary's playing the piano forte again after her right. disastrous Always. performance at the ball. <laughs> and Mrs. Bennett's like, Mary, please, for the love of God, stop making noise. Like, yeah, just exactly. Stop. Put us out of our misery. Oh my god, it's so good. God. Uh, but so yeah so then we have like this proposal that is just like no one could sound more boring in a proposal of marriage than mr college it's like he's reading a recipe nor scripture yeah oh yeah (laughs) and it's just like oh god please just like put us all out of our misery and say no lizzie Well, and also just so delightfully self-centered with him being like, oh, you're just playing. You're just being a lady and you're just saying like, it's, oh, dude. Oh, my dude. Oh, you're just keeping me in suspense on purpose. It's like, uh. And I think what I love, too, is that Kara Knightley plays Lizzie as if like, you know, in those awkward moments, you smile and like you laugh because you're like, wait, how is this happening? And she cannot stop like smiling during the whole thing in this sense of like is this happening and how do i handle this like what am i supposed to do he won't get off his knees yeah oh it's (laughs) so funny oh my god it's so good and then that is when after she rejects him that is the scene where mrs bennett goes running after her and like it's mrs bennett and the geese and you just cannot (laughs) tell what is what i love it so much oh god i'm still on the first page of my notes i just want to point that out (laughs) it's fine we are an hour and 22 minutes and we're only in like the first 35 minutes of the movie but a lot of stuff happened in our defense a lot of stuff happened so as you know as lizzie is fleeing the house minute mrs bennett is running after her and She's running back into the house to tell Mr. Bennett that he must convince her she has to marry Collins. And he's like, all right, I'll go talk to her. And he's like, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. You can't make me do this. And Mrs. Bennett's flittering around like a little fucking bumblebee going, 
if you don't marry him, I'm never going to talk to you again. Tell him, tell her, like, if she doesn't do this, I'm never going to talk to her again. And Mr. Bennett is so calm. He's the only person in the family who has found his chill. That is for sure. <laughs> and he has, like, one of the best lines. Like, if you do not do this, your mother will never speak to you. If you do this, I will never speak to you. Oh, it's so good. Like, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I, I know, because you, you're... You're kind of, like, wondering, like, you know, if you haven't seen the movie or haven't read the book, you're kind of wondering, like, oh, God, like, is this the moment where he kind of, like, tells her, oh, you have to do this, you know, for the family, whatever. And it's so great when he does it. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh. Um, sorry, I have to interrupt momentarily to say that the poll has closed. Who won? And it is... 50 50 no the way. poll has closed at 50 50 so now we have to tally the votes from instagram and post them people are saying pistols at dawn on twitter like there are <laughs> there will be riots so uh, okay i'm glad that all three of my twitter accounts voted and i realize now i should have logged in to my ex-husband's law firm twitter account and cast a vote through that sorry i didn't uh yeah no i think it's kind of perfect that it was 50 50 <laughs> because that is hilarious well wow with over 200 votes we know that matthew mcfadden won because he has like 20 on instagram he, i think he has more votes on instagram so i think we're gonna call it here folks it's my wolf blitzer again we can now announce Stop it! It's your Steve Kornacki, Jenny. It's your Steve Kornacki. Put on your khakis. Uh, we can now call Matthew McFadden has beat out Matthew Rice. So the finals of the Darcy bracket is Colin Firth in the miniseries and Matthew McFadden in the 2005 film adaptation. As that is going to be interesting. Yeah gonna be an aggressive one i think it i'm really excited is. i think people are getting riled up so we'll see we'll see will the matthew rice fans support the other matthew <gasps> or will they turn and support colin first i don't know i know next week <laughs> i'm stressing i'm stressing I know. a little bit. i know <sighs> okay so mr collins has been rejected bingley has left Netherfield. Yeah. Unexpectedly. And broken Jane's heart. And uh, Lizzie has made Jane go to London with their aunt and uncle, the gardeners, uh, to find Bingley and perhaps reconnect with him. And I love that scene because Lizzie is packing Jane's suitcase. She's like, this is what you're doing. You're going to get the hell out yeah. of this house. You're going to go to London. You're going to find Bingley and you're going to fix this. And it yeah. has beautiful shades of Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> like, oh, it really does. And I never thought about that till just now. You're right. She's just better. She's a better Mrs. Bennett than Mrs. She's Bennett. A, yeah, she, she yeah. gets it, yep. but she goes about things in a much better way. But I do think Mrs. Bennett would have been extremely impressed by that whole like little scenario. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. That's so true. She would have been like, oh, okay, I'm proud. Done something right. <laughs> and then we get one of the 
most ridiculous scenes of the entire film where Lizzie just sits on her swing and spins for, I don't know, <laughs> days? How at much time least, At like, least 45 minutes. Like, there's so much that happens. It rains. It It's sunny. It's, there's, like, pigs over here, and then there's people over there, and it's, like, I, I was, like, what is happening? Why is she still spinning? It's, like, the one part of the movie where I'm, like, I think I understand what this tra- this is trying to, like, signify, and I'm, like, yeah. man, did Tara yeah. Knightley just spend, like, four hours filming herself, like, spinning around on a swing? <laughs> oh, like- can you imagine? Puke. <laughs> well, I will say that the movie is really intentional with the weather reflecting her yeah. moods, yes. right? So sunny when she's happy, rainy when when she gets that terrible proposal, blah blah blah. So I do think it just maybe it's conflicted, you know, that she's she's happy, she's sad, she said no, but she, he's right, she might not get another proposal, you know. So I could I could see it's just, but I agree, it's a very long scene, it's a very <laughs> a long, long scene. and her her she is barefoot, and that mud looks really cold. It just uh, yes. everything about it looked unpleasant. She's so barefoot throughout most of the film, and I have, like, such a weird, like, I can't walk in grass barefoot. It, like, kind of freaks me out. So I just felt like, bleh. Like, every time I saw her barefoot in the movie, I was like, no, put on boots. Like, you could get 18th century tetanus. Like, what's happening? Now, does that scene happen before she talks to Charlotte or after? So it's it's actually funny, Sarah, you have a good point about how the weather reflects her moods. In the beginning of the swing scene, it's sunny and it's bright. And she's sort of just like, she looks like a little, like, she's just thoughtful. And then it's that really cool moment where she stops spinning because she sees Charlotte in her peripheral. And Charlotte tells her that yes. she's accepted Collins's uh, proposal. Mm-hmm. And we get the most 2022 memeable scene <laughs> of all time <laughs> from Charlotte. <laughs> and then it starts to rain right after that. Poor Charlotte. I mean, I understand like Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie is just like, how could you? And not like in a how could you do this to me? But like, how could you do this to yourself? Yeah. You know, and she just really doesn't. She just really doesn't see her and Charlotte, like we said, are just so very different. Well, I think Lizzie doesn't understand that she actually does have a certain kind of privilege. She has a father who will support her decisions. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte knows that there's more pressure on her. Like she has to find a husband. She Mm -hmm. has to figure it out. She has no job, no prospects. (laughs) She has a burden on her parents. And she's not going to get a better proposal because, as Mrs. Bennett said, she's not as handsome as some of the other women. And right. for her, she's like, oh, this is as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. He'll take care of me. He'll offer me protection. And that's all I can ask for at this point. Oh, <sighs> poor Charlotte. And also, oh, my God, the humanity. She is already 27. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's... I know. Watching it now, you're like, damn. Okay. Like, shit. I know. 27 was old in the Regency, though, but that's because you died at, like, 45. Well, baby mortality rates is what really brings down that average age. (laughs) You lived beyond 45. You just had to get through the first year of your life. Then you were golden. I don't know. They drink a lot of alcohol. (laughs) I'm not joking. 
They well, like listen, mostly drink alcohol and not water. I'm Italian. I had my first glass of wine at like 12. I'm fine, I think. I won't go into all of my ailments, but <laughs> you know, if you've listened to me for 32 weeks, then you know I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> You're fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> so then sort of the, the, the swing spinning scene continues and we <laughs> see spinning. she's just keeps spinning and then basically it's been months later uh charlotte has married mr collins and lizzie is on her way to see them visit them at their new home which is um on the estate of lady catherine de berg and oh gosh i love judy dench She's terrifying in this. She is so yeah. You just like, and she has such a punchable face in this. Like from the <laughs> moment, like I'm sorry, Judy Dench. I'm so sorry, but I really. I think she'd yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god. <sighs> but it's um my favorite, like I don't know, trope of this. The you know this film is that no matter where lizzie goes darcy's there <laughs> like he's popping up all the time out of nowhere yeah well, i'm gonna guess at his house that's where you would expect him to be but like you know at this point she's not expecting <laughs> yes. to see darcy no, uh, no lady no, no. Catherine's. so it's, yeah. it's he just comes out of the shadows hello <laughs> my favorite <laughs> she like jumps out of her skin she's like oh hi okay that's fun <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> Just the Darcy oh, jump scare. It's perfect. Right? <laughs> Just awkwardly standing in the corner like that kid from Parks and Rec, Oren. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about? The weird emo kid from Parks and Rec. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, you say somebody's standing in the corner and I go Blair Witch. That's how old I am. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just thinking back to when I first watched Blair Witch. I saw it in theaters opening weekend. Okay. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> no, that movie ruined my life for like a brief period of time, but it really also got me into Fair. horror. So like I have an affection. No for regrets. It. <laughs> exactly. Best found footage movie ever. No one will ever do it better. Sorry. Let's go on. <laughs> okay. So also at her visit to lady Catherine's estate lizzie finds out from colonel fitzwilliam that darcy recently untangled bingley from a imprudent match with an unsuitable family i'm like well and it's um and it's the timing is is impeccable because that evening when they're having dinner and she's dealing with all of Lady Catherine's assaults, Darcy is like getting to see a side of her that maybe he didn't quite, you know, know. And there's the amazing piano forte scene where he like comes over to her and he tells her, right, like I'm awkward around people I don't know. And he's trying to bond with her. Like he's trying to relate to her. Yeah. And they kind of have a really nice evening. And then they're in church. And his cousin just fucking blows the whole thing up. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, I just I love that they're gossiping in church. Also, I, I do love too. That they're just I love in that church. Colonel Fitzwilliam is ready to just spill the tea. <laughs> like he's ready. I, 
more he should why where are his spinoffs where are his millions of spinoffs he needs i mean he gets such movies. a bad rap and death comes to pemberley that it's like is that fair was that a fair like it's not great yeah they make him out to be like kind of like a weird pedophile Sorry. <laughs> okay i read the Sorry. book i have not seen the movie Apparently, I need to reread or watch. I think it's just like the casting because the guy who they cast as Colonel Fitzwilliam is like significantly older than than Darcy, but also like very significantly older than Eleanor Tomlinson, who plays Georgiana, who he supposedly wants to marry. Well, there's also a line where he's like, I've known her since she was born. And it's like said with affection, and so it's just like no, it's just kind of gross. That's some werewolf imprinting shit. If we want to mention Twilight for a second time in this episode, <laughs> and I don't like right. it. <laughs> very true. That's very Ugh. true. Gross. Oh, oh I'd forgotten about that, Sarah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> How could you forget about that? I've never even I, read the books. Tried, and that's years, all I can think of when I years think about of Twilight. just like putting it out of my mind. I also have never read the book. Um, yeah so yeah so I just Darcy tries so hard and then he just gets seriously cock blocked by his cousin like just so bad it's it's god it's and it's the 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 acting that we get from Karen Knightley in that scene is so good because she's so attached to Jane that like Jane's pain is her pain and like everything that she hears from Colonel Fitzwilliam gets her more and more upset because she knows that Jane was definitely in love with Bingley and like even if she's a little shy like she wanted that match and so Lizzie knows and and then we get (laughs) Joe Wright does this a lot the like the where they catch each other and then the camera immediately shifts, you know, like she looks at him and then it's like, dun dun. And then yeah. she looks away. Yeah. Yes. The music ramps up. Oh, I love it though. Cause he's staring at her. Cause he loves her. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to set your house on fire. I'm so mad at you. I know. And then at that point, I feel like because of their conversations the night before and because he kind of catches her staring at him in church, he's like, this is my moment. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Idiot. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Everything is coming up. Fitzwilliam. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is. He's like, yeah, this is it. This is the moment. I love you. I want to marry you. And she's, but your family is terrible and your rank is low and your family, you know, you're not great, but I still love you in spite of all those things. And it's just like, it's like watching a car wreck in slow motion. And (laughs) the delivery is like word vomit. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it because it felt like he was rushing. And I was just like, dude, no, no, no. And then I realized, no, no, that is, he says most ardently and it slows him down and he goes a little slower. So she really has time to absorb the terrible things he's saying at that point. But yeah, that, that initial just torrent of like, I've been thinking about this and I just got to get it out. I love you. I want to marry you. Your family is terrible. Oh my God. 
Yeah. It's it's so good. And it's so smart. It's so good. And it keeps <gasps> going. Right? It, it just keeps going. And <laughs> and you can see the the like there's a flicker of something on his face where he <laughs> knows that what he's saying is not registering with her in the way that he wants it to. Uh-huh. But he can't stop himself. So he keeps going and going and going until she's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you are berating me right now. Like, Do you realize that you just keep insulting me? Or, or you know, is this intentional? Like, this is not my kink. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> this does not work for me. I know. I And I... I feel like, you know, when he defends, when he defends separating and he, ad- he admits to and then defends yeah. separating Bingley and Jane and she's just like, dude, she's shy. Like, do you know anything about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Darcy, <laughs> um, you know, and you can kind of see it on his face when she says, you know, she doesn't even tell me, I, you know, I don't even know some of her most like deepest mm-hmm. thoughts. And you see this sort of recognition on his face and he's like, oh, I and I, there's a, it's a great scene for them because it's like the first time that they're not just sort of like getting in little jabs at each other they are talking really honestly like Darcy is being really honest with her and she's being really honest with him and oh it's so good I I also love that he says are you laughing at me yeah because she's been laughing at him but it's different like it, it, it has been affectionate laughter and so he knows he there's something for him to feel awkward about especially in this type and also her sisters do laugh like this i'm gonna bring this down to a dark place but uh, the the expression you hear sometimes is uh, men are afraid women are going to laugh at them women are afraid men are going to kill them right like oh my god i'm so sorry to bring this up in the uh, happy romance podcast but but when you when 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 the whole bennett family is at the door when mr collins is proposing to lizzie and she says no and they all break into laughter i'm just like oh god that's where that comes from like that I'm so uncomfortable in those scenes when the whole family is laughing at some man who's just fallen on his face. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is where toxic masculinity is born. I'm not blaming the women here at all, but like, and so when he says, are you laughing at me? It was just, it's so interesting that he knows it's like a different vibe between them now. But also my next comment is all caps. Why are his eyes so blue? Why are his eyes so blue? How dare he? So I contain multitudes in this scene. (laughs) No, because I was sitting there thinking, and okay, I'm going to keep talking about how much I love Joe Wright, I guess. I don't know. I'm suddenly a fangirl. But what I love about the way that he films is that you see people without some sort of like filter over there. You know, like there's, um, you can see the actual like pores on their skin, you know, like you can see exactly truly as they are. And there's something about that moment with Darcy in the rain that he's like fucking effervescent. He is glowing. He is beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And his yeah. eyes are like unreal. They're and so then can we talk beautiful. about how these gorgeous creatures in the rain are screaming at each other and then they almost kiss anyway. Like oh my God. She I... has said no to his proposal and they're still about to bone. It well, is it's... incredible. It's like this beautiful moment because she throws Wickham in his face and he takes a few steps 
toward her. Like he he like needs to get closer to her to sort of explain to her like no 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 Wickham is not who you think he is. Yeah. And then it's like the force of them being that close. It's like they magnets. briefly yeah they briefly forget that they do not like like that they're fighting. Yeah, and he's just, just like black. looking directly at her mouth. My oh, notes so were he has not looked away from her mouth for like five minutes. <laughs> Like he, <laughs> he keeps staring, and you know, I mean, Karen, like she got a mouth; she got a beautiful face, but he cannot like stop looking away from her lips. And I'm like, <laughs> so okay. good. And then that letter that he sends her, he leaves her. That scene where she's staring in the mirror, and he kind of like quietly walks in and leaves the letter, and then I'm like, it's. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, and then I guess they she returns home kind of like when Jane does, I guess, from London. Is that yeah? That's sort of I think they pretty next? much arrive around the same time. Or because I think the gar- she comes home and they just got like Jane and the gardeners yes. have just gotten in. Yeah, yeah. Because the gardeners are still there and they want her to come to London. Or, sorry, they want her to come to the Peak District. Yeah. Um, which, and which is, I'm not really sure what the Peak District is, but, you know, it's somewhere on, on the way is Pemberley. Uh, but, <laughs> but before that, just briefly, uh, Jane and Lizzie have a conversation and Jane is like, I'm over, I'm over Bingley. I'm really good. I'm totally good. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm totally over him. Yeah. It's, I don't even think about him anymore. <laughs> And poor Jane is trying so hard. Like she's, yeah. she's like everything's fine, everything's fine. And then you have Kitty and Lydia busting into the room. Kitty is crying because Lydia has been invited to spend time with the Fosters, which I don't really know where the Fosters are. I don't really understand the implications of like where she might be, but I do know that Lizzie thinks it's a fucking terrible idea and she like begs her father to forbid it yeah i i i i'm unclear who the fosters are i don't there's some sort of relative i think i'm not really sure they're f- aren't they friends in the village like maybe they're friends. a married couple maybe. she i i think well uh, and i could be just thinking about all the different adaptations i've seen well, i feel like yeah, i'm yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of the book but Older husband, younger wife, and younger wife is friends with the younger Bennets. And so that's how she gets invited because the, the married yes. wife would be a good chaperone. I'm 90% yeah, no, sure that's that, what it is. Yes, that sounds familiar to me. Okay, that kind of that kind of rings a bell in my head. Yeah, okay. And it's basically exactly what Lizzie did with Charlotte and Mr. Collins. Because Lizzie kind of had full reign to do whatever she wanted when she was with yes. Charlotte and Mr. Collins. That's true, yeah um so yeah so and they're That's going an interesting to... parallel <laughs> oh it is <laughs> clearly wickham is not a virgin <laughs> just saying with that hair no <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um okay so elizabeth leaves with the gardeners to go to the peak district which apparently is a part of England that is in Derb- Derbyshire. Derbyshire? Derbyshire. 
<laughs> Derbyshire. I think okay. it's pronounced Worcester. So. <laughs> I, I will say that like this little trip is so stunning. The scene where she's sitting on the tree with her. Oh. I have trivia about that. That Sorry. is in the actual Sherwood forest. And so it's been used in a lot of filming for a lot of, of shows set in England because it's actual actual 500 year old tree and it is it is a little fairy tale-ish i mean it really does look a little almost stunning magical unreal yeah. Yeah, exactly it's absolutely. so gorgeous but yeah that's the sherwood forest that's according incredible. to random article on the internet i read and if that's not true i don't know what is <laughs> i should Amazing. mention i teach journalism at the college level so you know i, I should be ashamed of everything i just said <laughs> And so then they are like, oh, we're near Pemberley. We should go tour it, which I didn't know was a thing. I was saying to Jenny, I was like, imagine just like owning a home and like anyone could just waltz on in for the tour. Like, what if I'm like walking around in my underwear? Well, and yet I feel like um, I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a little bit. And the historical, the homes on the battery, like people walk by and look at them, look at the porches, look in the windows and people just live there. So you just kind of get used to having mm. tourists looking into your house. So I think right. that's the American version. Yeah. But yeah, like imagine Georgiana <laughs> just in there rocking out on her piano and strangers are in the hallway. So wild. It's so, so, so wild. But this is my my favorite moment in this entire movie. And there's a lot of good moments in this movie, though, is Lizzie taking one look at Pemberley and just being like, <laughs> because she yeah. realizes everything she said. No, like just that little laugh. It's so perfect. It is my favorite thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly it. And she's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then they roll up in the carriage and she's like, of course. Yep. Yep. This, that's exactly this what, is what okay. I said no to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, absolutely. Cool, cool, cool. Daria, did, yeah, cool, you cool, 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 cool. did you recognize the house? No. It was Chatsworth, which is the same house that they used in Death Comes to Pemberley. <gasps> That's amazing. As Pemberley. That's amazing. <sighs> that was, I like that consistency a lot. I I know, me too. Um, the And I didn't really realize it at first because you don't, I think they come up on it from a different angle. Yeah, the shots the are definitely different. Yeah. So I didn't recognize it at first, but then when they're in like sort of the foyer like hall and her aunt and uncle are going up the stairs. I was like, oh, wait, that's the staircase yeah. from when Darcy and Lizzie have this amazing moment in Death Comes to Pemberley. And then I was like, hmm, I'm going to Google that. And yeah, it is. It is the. That's amazing. It is that. Yeah. I thought I, that was um, kind of just a cute little thing. I think what I. <laughs> the tour is so cute because you can hear like one of the maids sort of just like describing things in the background and. You know, Lizzie finds herself in the statue room because why not have your own statue room? Why not have a statue of yourself in your statue room? With a lot of naked statues. There's a lot of naked statues in that room. So many bums. And I I actually love that. I love so much about that because Lizzie is totally transfixed by like everything. And then the poor girl starts, like, getting choked up, staring at Darcy's fucking face. <laughs> and it kills me. 
can't take it. She's just like totally, I mean, she just loses, like she loses her mind. She's like, nope, I'm just going to stare at this bust of Darcy and get all up in my feelings about it. That's true. This so eyeless true. bust. <laughs> the no pupils thing bothers me so much. I know. But... I wonder why they did it that way, but it's <laughs> oh. fine. But you know he's just been on her mind nonstop after the letter, after the proposal and all that. And then he, there he is in marble. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. It's... Poor girl. She had no chance. No. And then she <laughs> kind of gets lost or she loses her aunt and uncle in, the, in Pemberley. And she wanders into, I guess, one of their sitting rooms. And georgiana is playing the pianoforte and she knows it's her because it's spectacular and she knows that georgiana is a very talented um pianoforte player (laughs) and again with the like little it almost feels like a horror movie for a second because she's like watching them from like a little crack (laughs) yeah like she sees georgiana and then she sees darcy come in and he like picks her up and he spins around and it's like this beautiful moment and then he sees her and the door sl- like slams shut. And she's like, nope, wasn't me. Was not me. I'm going to run in terror from this house. Thank you. Bye. Imagine being Darcy and you look around and just there is this woman. Just a... <laughs> so good. It's, and it's like the object of my affection. It's this woman that I love so ardently. And she's just chilling over there spying on me. Right, this woman who has just rejected me <laughs> painfully uh, is just like hanging out, spying on me. Why is she in my house? <laughs> she was just looking at the uh, the junk on my statues, and now she's here. And yeah, and she's she's running. She's like running for her life, basically. And he's like running after her and. It's such a sweet scene because she's just like so embarrassed, but also kind of happy to see him, but also like, what the fuck is going on? And why is this always happening to me? And like, why can't I just (laughs) take a break from everything? Yeah. And he's so happy to see her. I know. He's like, I wouldn't mind finding you in in the nooks and crannies of my house all the time. Uh Right? Peek through oh. any door you want, girl. Yep, it's all for you. It's all good. Right. I know. And then and then he's like, they're just this they're having this like, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? And it's just like he's they're so awkward, but like he really truly is like, he's not you would imagine like after this moment that Darcy would be kind of back to his like standoffish, aloof, like asshole self because she has rejected him but he's not at all he's just so happy he's just so happy to see her talk about a man who like if he spent a few weeks in therapy would be a brand new person he like (laughs) he like really takes what lizzie says i think to heart like yeah, he should probably feel bad because he did fuck some things up for her and he did insult her. And, like, I think he feels nervous to be around her and, like, a little chastened that, like, yeah, all right, yeah, I fucked up. And then she's like, I was kind of mean to you, but now I know that there's some, like, stuff I didn't know and maybe I should have given you a better, you know, like, there's just, 
they're both sort of dealing with these like, oh, maybe you were right kind of things. And yeah, I love it. It's just such a nice, it's just such a good scene. I just, I just love it so much. Well, it's unguarded. That's what I just love. It's just so unguarded. It's really natural. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then he follows her back to the inn, even though she said she could totally walk by herself. He kind of like walks behind her or like she doesn't really know that he's there but then she sees him talking to her aunt and uncle and it's just like i love it because she was like no 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 i can walk i enjoy walking and he's like i know you do (laughs) (laughs) and then and then you know he so she she walks back to the inn and then they're like oh they want us to come and dine at pemberley and oh just so good and it's it's lovely because darcy does everything the right way he goes up to his aunt and uncle he introduces himself he's like very affable and charming with them he invites them back to the house for dinner like he's really kind of like putting on he's putting a lot of effort into this this whole moment and then it's they meet georgiana yeah right so that's when they meet because I don't, because she doesn't really meet Georgiana when she's spying on them. No, she doesn't meet till the next day, right? Yeah, and that's such a, an amazing little scene because Georgiana is so excited to meet her because Darcy has been so complimentary, and Georgiana blows up his spot like real quick. Fully, he's told me so much about you. <laughs> I feel like we're already friends. Like you know that that was some good stuff. Right, exactly. And he's just like, eh, it's true. Like, he, he barely even denies it at that point. You no, know, he what sort I mean? of just like goes for it. And they have, oh, when he smiles. Oh, I know. He gives her like a real, genuine, like full teeth smile. It's like disarming. It's so good. She just admits the day before that she finds him handsome. And she's only ever seen him scowling, mostly. So now it's like, oh, oh, he's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Big, bright smile. Oh, my God, I can't take it. I know. It's so true. Um, and then that's when they get the letter, right? Yeah. So after mm-hmm. dinner, he escorts them all back to the inn because he's oh, a back to the inn. Yes, fucking okay. gentleman of a man. I know. And that's when they get a letter. Um, it's not supposed to be funny. But the way that they film it cracks me the fuck up. Like, the aunt is sitting there, and the uncle's sitting back there, and Darcy's sitting next to him, and she's just like, she comes in, and he stands up, and she starts crying, and then she immediately goes in the other room, and he sits back down. (laughs) And then she comes around again, and he stands right back up. And then you find out that, you know, obviously there's some very dramatic shit happening in the Bennett household, but that is so painfully awkward and funny to me that I love that moment oh i, I thought it's it was so uh, funny it is it is so funny and like yeah maybe it's not supposed to be but it it works perfectly yeah it's like a light moment that leads into a not so light moment yeah because you're not really sure is she sad because she's happy or is she sad because she's unhappy yeah it's it's good it's well played you can't really tell from Kira knightley's cry sort face. of yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, so Darcy kind of is like, I wish I could do something for you. 
but I can't, so I'm leaving. <laughs> but I still like, love I, you. Yeah, I know this is like very dead, like a dark time, and I'm I'm gonna go. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then Elizabeth returns home, and you know, the, this is one of my favorite Mrs. Bennett moments. Is when she's just like in bed the whole time, just like crying her nerves doesn't Lydia know how terrible this is for her it's you know it's the worst you know everything is like so tense and then they get like um a a note from the uncle who's like they've been found and you know they've they've um they're gonna get married and you know he's gonna settle on a hundred pounds a year and of course mr bennett is like your uncle must have paid a lot of money because you know no no man this is the other thing that he says that is like not complimentary to lydia is he's just like yeah no man is gonna put up with her for a hundred pounds a year (laughs) (laughs) but then i the best part is when they tell mrs bennett and all of a sudden she's like lydia's getting married yeah oh a wedding how wonderful girl exactly she's like let me get dressed let me like tell everybody in town that lydia's getting married oh my god she's she's such a nightmare but i just kind of love it at the same time so Basically, the next thing we see is Lydia and Wickham coming to Longbourn. Yeah. And he's wearing his, like, very spiffy blue coat. And Lydia's beside herself with the ring on her finger. And, like, let's not forget, she's 15 years old. Wow. She's 15. And it's like, God, I'm so glad I was born when I was born. Because, like, God damn, what I have just not done well. And at the dinner, Lydia sits next sits next to Lizzie and she won't shut up. Like she's a little wine drunk. She's also just herself. So she's like, won't stop talking. (laughs) And she lets it slip to Lizzie that Darcy was at their wedding. And Lizzie's like, what the fuck? What? (laughs) Darcy was at the wedding. And she's like, yeah, Darcy's the one who found them. She paid, he paid for the wedding. And he also purchased Wickham's military commission. Which I didn't understand what that was, so I had to look it up. And the purchase of officer commissions in the British Army was the practice of paying money to the army to be made an officer of a cavalry or infantry regiment of the English and later British Army. So by payment, a commission as an officer could be secured, avoiding the need to to wait to be promoted for merit or seniority. Oh, so, yeah, because he's just like a little lieutenant or he's, something, Yeah, he's a right? lieutenant. And so by okay. purchasing his commission, that makes him a, I think, sergeant. I'm actually, I can't remember. Um, but it mm. ensures that he's going to get paid more as being a part right. of the army. So it's like setting Lydia up for a more secure, I guess, future. And if I remember my romance novels, you then sell your commission when you want to get out. You can get out whenever you just sell your commission. So that's yeah. how you leave the army. Gotcha. Yeah. So Darcy really goes above and beyond to sort of financially fix all of this shit. <sighs> Darcy. What a hero. What a hero. I know. I know. <sighs> so pretty much right after that, Bingley and Darcy return to Netherfield and they visit Longbourn. And it is <laughs> the best because Mrs. Bennett is like laying down. 
She's using her belly as a shelf for her plate so she can like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like she is full chill. It's the most chill we've ever seen her in the entire movie. The girls are just hanging out and then they go into panic mode because Bingley and Darcy are coming into the house. (laughs) This is fully me if anybody stops by my house without calling first. Like, oh, oh my God, throw it all in the the closet, in the closet, all the stuff. They're like shoving things in drawers. They're rearranging furniture. I'm like, why is Kitty carrying a chair from one side of the room to the other? What is she doing? It's like that scene in Friends where um, Ross gets that phone call from Emily and he hands the lamp to Chandler. And Chandler's like, what do I need a lamp for? Like, it's just, it's so absurd. But it's an amazing moment because it's so awkward. But Bingley is so happy to see Jane that he, like, doesn't even know what to say. He's like, hi. No. I'm here now. Okay, it was great to see you. Bye. Bye, see ya. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> But I do love that montage of him and Darcy practicing outside the house. It's so cute. (laughs) Well, and like it goes back to what his cousin said, right? What Colonel Fitzwilliam said that he's a very loyal friend. He's like a very loyal person. And the fact that he pretends to be, pretends to be Jane for Bingley to practice proposing is so... I love it so much. So good. It's so good. Bingley proposes to Jane, who definitely accepts. Uh, That is such a cute scene between the two of them. A thousand times, yes. A thousand times, yes. Oh, God. So wonderful. And then we we have this amazing scene where in the middle of the night, I think it's the middle of the night, where Lady Catherine just arrives at Longbourn. Yeah. Yeah, it is so presumptuous. And for a woman who believes that she is a class above the rest, it is the most low class thing Mm -hmm. you could ever do. Truly, like so rude. She's like, how dare you think that you could even be possibly engaged to my nephew? He's already engaged to my daughter, which I do not remember from the book i don't know how i like just like it just like faded from my memory because like i did not remember any of that at all i was like oh i guess so i totally forgot all about that i don't know why uh thank god for the bennett family to uh not force darcy into an incestual relationship with his cousin (laughs) (laughs) my god Ooh, yeah not nice because it's like that's his mother's sister. So it's not even like a distant cousin. It's a cousin cousin. Oh, yeah. It's like a first cousin. It's a first Gross. cousin. <sighs> Which makes Colonel Fitzwilliam trying to marry Georgiana in Death Comes From really even worse. I stand by my statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I this is such a great moment when Elizabeth is like, mm, no, actually... I'm not engaged to him. Get the fuck out of my house. I love that she's like, you need to leave. Like, you need to get out. Like, no, there's nothing. Well, and also you. she she refuses to promise not to get engaged to him. Like, it's one thing to say I'm not engaged to him. But then she was like, and will you ever be? And she's like, I'm not saying that, bitch. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Amazing. Exactly. Oh, it's so good. And, like, at that moment, she doesn't even know. Like, she thinks her chances yep. to marry him are gone, right? Like, she, she knows, like... 
it's not really despite everything she she you know she doesn't think it's a you know a thing um that will ever happen but she still has like this little bit of hope you know in which i I, so great and there's a few times in the movie where you know for lizzie to call out jane about like not really knowing what jane is doing or feeling or thinking lizzie constantly attempts to tell jane what's going on and then is like no i can't (laughs) just like three or four times and she does it that night like she's finally in bed her whole entire family has heard this argument with lady Catherine, but she won't explain anything and she's laying there and she's like this close to being like okay this is what's really happening and then she decides to just get out of bed and like leave and go outside um and it's so interesting i'm like jane would be supportive like just talk to her like she might give you some good advice (laughs) right exactly oh i know we have arguably this is one of my favorite moments of the the whole movie <laughs> uh yeah uh i would personally i would i don't there are no limits to what i would do to have a matthew McFadden, mr darcy walk to me in a fog fucking trench of i don't, I don't even know like just yeah don't forget the deeply unbuttoned shirt the, i mean like I, this yes. is a man who has not slept all night Nope. He has Ugh. been sitting in a wingback chair, just like drinking brandy, <laughs> contemplating, do I throw myself off of this moor, or do I go back to Longbourn, and do I try again? Do I fling myself off the roof of, like, this yeah. house? Or... Yeah. Exactly. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and it's also just, I mean breathtaking i mean the scene i mean everything about it is so visually stunning and i'm like not just talking about how hot matthew mcfadden looks in his <laughs> outfit but like it is just it is beautiful beautiful scenery and absolutely the, the thought of how early they had to be wherever they were filming to get that sunrise because you know yeah. that's they only had they must have shot that had to shoot that a couple days in a row i assume to get it right because you only have those couple little seconds yeah and it's so perfect. And if you yeah. if you notice, the film starts with a sunrise and it ends with a sunrise. So it's full circle. You know, she's alone in the meadow the first time and then she's with him the second time. Ugh. It is. So it's. Good. Yeah, it's the whole exchange. I was going to say, it's another scene where we get one of those tiny little micro smiles from him where he says, you have to know I did all that for you. And he just gives this little, little Darcy smile. I know. Oh, my gosh. His whole... His whole, like, apology for his aunt and his whole, like, profession of his love for her. It's just, ugh. It's, like, the best thing ever. And I don't remember the I love, I love, I love you. The, like, little, it just takes him a minute to get it out. That's pretty unique to this film, right? We don't have that kind of I don't think so. Stutter. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I I honestly don't remember. I don't re- I don't remember. Well, I think but you're I correct. Yeah. It, that's not a first thing. I don't think that's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I the delivery of it is like when he first proposes, he says, "I love you most ardently," and like it comes out really fast. And this time, it's like very much uh, okay. I'm doing this now. Like I'm doing this again. I'm yeah. putting this all out here for you because like I think we've crossed a threshold now and i can say this but he's still nervous i mean it's just 
the choices that this man makes are so good. I know. So good. I could have a two hour and 14 minute podcast about it. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, exactly. We are there oh, right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, and then we have like that's the scene with where they're kind of like asking for Mr. Bennett's permission, blessing, <laughs> all of that. And I that. love that Mr. Bennett's like, I'll go beat him up if you want. <laughs> like this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you hated him. You know, it's just like. In that moment, he's, like, such a dad. Yeah. And, like, it's a timeless dad moment because he has absolutely no idea what's going on with his children. (laughs) And I I love – so it's, like, he gives this – you know, Darcy gives this profession of his love, and she doesn't really say anything. She, like, kisses his hand, and it's, like, this beautiful forehead-touching moment, and it's it's lovely. But I don't think she really – understands her feelings until she's in the room with her dad and he's like you don't even you don't even like this dude and she's like i i like him she's like no i i love him and it's like the first time she's ever said it out loud and it's just like yeah and she kind of like starts to laugh like she starts to like almost like cry but like not really but like kind of laugh and she's just like oh my god i can't believe i just said that i love him and then her dad starts to laugh and it's just such a moment it is it's so good and she's so good at taking accountability for kind of the way that she's judged him and like admitting Mm -hmm. that she was wrong and then saying but he was wrong and we're both so stubborn and like it's it's so good. And like that little, uh, her own version of word vomit really gets to her dad. And he is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, thank God yeah. you found someone that you love this much because like no one yeah. deserves you. But maybe he yeah. does. And like, it's yeah, it's so good. <sighs> it is. <laughs> and then we have that adorable scene at the end. I love it. A little epilogue. It's so good. It's, that's one of the sexiest things in romance movies as far as i'm concerned it's it's chased it's just sitting and light kissing but it is so i mean yeah so for good. a film that has very little um actual kissing and and all that stuff it is deeply like sensual the entire movie is like just all right and also the the outfit he <laughs> kind of reminds me of zachary banks from the end of um hocus pocus and like <laughs> Yes! His little wow. short pants <laughs> and the open shirt. I mean, it's like it's a very particular thing for, I guess, childhood wow. me to think about my crush oh, on Thackeray Banks when I was a, a young one, but it prepared right. me for Pride and Prejudice 2005. Oh There's yeah. just something so like he's barefoot, like he's so undone. Like, we mm-hmm. see Lizzie barefoot in the more, like, you know, whatever. Like, we've seen her this way before. We've never seen Darcy this way. Look, those two have been doing some stuff. They've been doing <laughs> some stuff outside. That yeah. Darcy is yeah. not a virgin. <laughs> hey! There you go. That's how you know if he's not wearing any pants. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it is so good. It is so good. It's one of my favorite exchanges as well because he says, you know, my dear. And she's like, oh, my God, no, that's what my father calls my mother. And, <laughs> and then he's like, well, what should I call you? You know, and oh, I just love it so much. So good. Oh, so good. Wow. We 
I can't believe we talked about this for two hours. <laughs> I apologize for my part in this. <laughs> oh, no. It's totally fine. Are you kidding? I could write a thesis paper on this movie and how much I love every yeah. moment of it. So exactly. this is this is actually, I think, perfect. quicker than I thought it would be for us. Right, exactly. <laughs> I love exactly. that it's longer than the actual movie. Go <laughs> us. Right. Yeah. For sure. Of course. It's true. Oh, gosh. So, Sarah, one of the things we do on this podcast is we talk about things that we can't stop thinking about. And so, as our guest, you get to go first. Okay. Well, so this is never far from my mind in any normal circumstance but when i'm doing any kind of pride and prejudice content it always comes roaring back and that is the unjust underwatched lizzie bennett diaries yeah it is a it is a web series you can find it on youtube i i assume it is elsewhere as well but i watched the whole dang thing on youtube it's like 100 episodes two minutes each it is a modern day retelling of pride and prejudice and it is divine it's clever it modernizes let me tell you the first time the character playing darcy appears in an episode listener i gasped it was revelatory (laughs) the actors are great it's more people need to see it and so every time i do any kind of pride and prejudice rewatch i'm just like you know what it's time for it's also time for me to rewatch the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. It's yeah. like I said, it's never I can I can I never stop thinking about it. But especially when anybody gives me any kind of P and P content. So if you have not seen it, check it out. It is well worth the hundreds of clicks you're going to have to do to get through this web series because it is just <laughs> exquisite. So you know, consider that. Yeah, I mean, and a hundred min or like you know, two hundred minutes. That's not. It's not, that's not bad. Long. It just feels daunting because you have to. It's just a yeah. lot. It's a it's a long playlist, but it's not a yeah. long watch. It's a joyful, yeah. breezy watch. It's really great. Yeah, exciting. but they're in tech, and she's doing a video diary, and ah, so good. And actors turn up in in roles ever so often in actual like Hollywood things. And I'm always just like, oh my god, there's yeah. So it's <laughs> worth watching. That's yeah, awesome. I think the actor who plays Bingley is he's he gets pretty regular work. Like I've seen him around a lot since this they they also did um emma approved which is emma uh, modernized web version and the nightly in that is pretty regularly in things that i watch and every time i'm just like yep there he is hey you (laughs) see you that's awesome the whole thing is great and so if you like if you like a modern twist on a story that you love in its original setting that that lizzie bennett diaries check it out awesome Okay, Daria, what about you? What are you, what can't you stop thinking about right now? Uhtred of Bebenberg. <laughs> I know. Oh, it is so good. Listener, the, the season dropped yesterday and Daria and I did very little <laughs> other than. <laughs> I was off watch. yesterday. I just want to say that in case any coworkers are listening. I wasn't working yesterday. <laughs> I was watching five straight hours of The Last Kingdom. We, I like lost track of time. Like I finished episode five and it was like 6.30 and I was like, whoa, where did the entire day go? We should make dinner and live our lives. Oh, it's just so good. It is so good. It is the best season. Mm -hmm. It's the best season. I hands down, it is the best season. I obviously, we're not going to talk too much about it because Daria has not seen the whole thing. Yeah. So I can't like spoil anything. But it left me extremely sated and thoroughly impressed and happy with the eventual outcome of the finale episode. So, yeah, it was 
it did everything I wanted it to do and more. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I truly, it was so great. It yeah, was I'm worth like, the wait. When we're it's done, totally I'm going to maybe put on the next episode so I can power through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe I just won't sleep tonight. I'll just watch six right? hours of television. It's fine. Which means I won't sleep either because she'll be messaging me every two minutes. <laughs> Okay. That's what friends do, honestly. I know. Friends I'm excited. Friends. I can't wait. I cannot wait because I have been like desperately keeping my mouth shut for like the last five episodes. And like there is so much I'm being like, oh, but we'll... never mind. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, that's literally all I can think about. Uh, what about you? Oh, well, mine is. It has two words, and it rhymes with Schmantony Schmemberton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a third word. Schmet. Sweat. Sh- sh- wet. I'm trying to say wet. Wet. Yeah. Wet. <laughs> wet. Anthony. That was Bridgerton. a good attempt. That wet. was a good attempt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Wet. Anthony Bridgerton. Uh, so the Bridgerton trailer dropped yesterday yesterday yeah and oh boy oh boy now sarah can't tell us anything about it so we appreciate and understand your media ban however (laughs) wow what a trailer i am so excited i have been waiting for this movie or this tv show for 10 years (laughs) like that's when i read the the um of i can who loved me so i'm very excited anthony and kate are my absolute favorite julia quinn couple of all time Nice. All time. So I'm very excited. Oh, it's so... I I will say, having seen all of season two, I got excited all over again watching the trailer. Like, the trailer, yeah. It, the, it's an exciting trailer. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. something to be said about, like, a marketing team that knows what it's doing. And the Bridgerton oh, marketing team yes. is so fucking savvy. Like, they hit all of the right spots. Like, all of their posters all of the like promotional stuff that they've been releasing mm-hmm. and the trailer is cut so well like i know i watched it five really times good. tonight i mean <laughs> it's almost cut as well as anthony bridgerton's abs am i oh! Right? Oh! so sorry i apologize but, um but i also feel like they're doing a really nice job of appealing to book readers but also just show watchers so yeah. you know that that there are things that book readers are going to be like, oh my God, that's that's that scene. That's that moment, right? Yes, the dog, just, you know. Watches, yeah. Newton. <laughs> Newton, exactly. Yeah, or like the um, Paul Mall. Okay, really I was going to yeah. say the Mallet of Death, right? Like yeah, the croquet the scene. Death, I, yeah. I was waiting. I thought it was in the trailer, but I, I don't want to. It wanna, was, it was, yeah. Say things yeah, first. No, there's, so like a, there's a huge part of the trailer that's the croquet scene, which is oh, one of the best scenes uh-huh. in the it's whole book. going to be really fun fun I think for us to you know talk about season two when it comes because I've never read any of the books I am strictly a show watcher and Jenny has a lot of insider knowledge so it's going to be interesting to kind of see like what stands out for me Mm -hmm. versus what stands out for her knowing everything that's supposed to happen right yeah which is also sometimes like a problem because I'm like Oh, but wait. So I've kind of like, but at the same time, I think Bridgerton does a does this thing thing, and I feel like that's what happened in 
season one. And though even though Daphne and Simon was my least favorite book from Julie Quinn, it still did this thing where like, even though it wasn't the same as the book, I was super satisfied. Sarah is having a seriously hard time not saying anything. I thought season one did a nice job of keeping the spirit of the book, but adapting certain things that probably needed to be adapted for cinematic reasons or, or season long right, storytelling reasons. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. so uh, Richardson is one of those adaptations I trust to adapt and yeah. to adapt yeah. smartly. Uh, sometimes, it, you know, I feel like there were some choices they made that I was like, why, why make that change or why stick with that when you could have changed it? But for the most part, they seem to do a really good job of knowing what is going to play better on screen in 2021, 2022. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I'll say about season one. <laughs> and inadvertently season two, I noticed. <laughs> okay, we will move on. We will move on. <laughs> So very briefly, we are just going to touch on that. Normally, what we would do is have our book of the week segment where we talk about the book that Daria and I have read and we go into a little sort of, you know, you've, you guys have heard it before. But today we are doing something a little bit different. We thought we would let Sarah tell you all about her new book that is available now. It's called Tempting Fate. And Sarah, take it away. Tell us about your new release. All right. So Tempting Fate is the last book in my Cinnamon Roll Alpha series. I tend to write nice men. Nice men. <laughs> but they are men who who are confident and know what they want. And, and, you know, so they're cinnamon rolls, but they are not betas usually. They're usually... Anyway, anyway, Tempting Fate <laughs> is... The second chance romance I've always wanted to write. I've always wanted to write a book where the couple loved each other, had a, a painful breakup, and then had to figure out how to forgive and meet each other as the people they are today. And so I wrote this book and I, I have these two characters who are deeply wounded by each other and who end up working together. Uh, she was a rich girl. He was a poor boy. Her parents hated him. And that is a big part of the reason that they broke up. And so years later, um, their roles are reversed and she has walked away from her parents' money. She's struggling to keep her nonprofit tutoring center open and, uh, Leo, the hero, is suddenly in a position where he has money that he can give as a grant to her organization. And neither of them really wants to work together, but he sees that she's doing good work in the community and she sees that she has no other way to keep her organization going. And they're just like, well, guess I got to look at your stupid hot face for the next six months. Great. <laughs> and so there's there's a lot of, of mistrust and anger. And um, I tried to make it clear that they are, neither of them felt like, I've been pining for my soulmate forever. It was, I loved you so much. We broke up. I have my own life and I am my own person. But let's see if if the person you are and the person I am can be together. And I mean, it's a romance. So like, I think we all know how that's going to go. But uh, Leo is an introvert. He's quiet. He's reserved. He's a little growly. Uh, he, he doesn't want to fall back in with her because she hurt him so badly last time. And Faith is, um, she's confident. She's plus size. She's my first really explicitly full-figured heroine. And I loved writing her because she she she's smart. She's charming. She knows she's good at her job. But she has bad days just like everybody has bad days. So, you know, weight and those issues are not 
front and center all the time with her and in this book, but they're also not glossed over and everything is perfect all the time. So it, it is, I hope, a well-rounded approach, um, but joyful and affirming. And um, Leo just loves her, man. She, he just loves her. And and so th- as they find their way back to each other, that's some of what they work through. And they do go camping and they do, I mean, is there, do they end up with only one tent? I don't know. You tell me. Like, is that a thing that I would do to my readers? <laughs> Not me. Yeah, totally me. That's totally something I would do. So I don't know. Uh, Jenny, you've read it. What did I, I? I'm so bad at talking about my own stuff. What did I leave out? No, that was like perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly it. Uh, like, I don't want to like brag, but like, yeah, I did get to read this book before anyone else. Uh, she was like the f- third human to get to read this book. Oh my God. Yeah. So I know. Very lucky. Yeah, it is. I mean, I have like yelled at Sarah over text message multiple times about how much I really like every chapter I'd be like like I really did love it (laughs) and you're exactly right like Faith and Leo are they're so great like and watching them like find their way back to each other is yeah I mean I love a second chance romance I really do I truly do so you did like an incredible job like oh, truly sure. and also your like side characters are so great like that's one of the things I love about romance novels is that you get these like this you get like this sidekick all these sidekicks that are just like there to like help these two get together or maybe not maybe like maybe they're the little bit of an antagonist but they're still like they're still really fun and like there's so many like great sort of parts of this um of this book that I loved and like of you know including like William and like I won't say more but like I love him so I (laughs) I gave my hero a best friend like a golden retriever man best friend and accidentally wrote somebody who needs his own book and I didn't mean to but I guess he's getting his own book now like I guess that's the next thing I'm writing is William so and it's honestly because of Jenny because she was just like you're William you're gonna give me William right like William <laughs> maybe a little more William maybe a, a book where William takes off his pants maybe I I, Jenny didn't say that that's me that's me saying that but. I thought it though I definitely <laughs> thought it I'm I'm certainly on board. I already pre-ordered your book, so I'm, I'm Yay, thank you. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. I'm, I mean I'm a sucker for pretty much everything you described. So it's like you wrote a book for me. So you know. Yeah, exactly. As we're recording, I wanna say we're like an hour and a half away from it rolling over into release day. So it's Yes, it is. Now, Sarah, where can people get your book? Uh, It's available everywhere. So Amazon, Apple, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Google Play, all the uh, weird small places that are handled by this other distributor I go through that I, I... please find it there so it is it is available (laughs) wide it is the fourth book in the series um and then i have a prequel novella as well so there are five books that go all the way through and i've got uh, you know a grumpy sunshine opposite the tract i've got a workplace romance i've got a fake relationship book i've got a trapped by a blizzard book so i just i try to hit all the tropes that i love the most because i think you know those are there's a reason we read them and write them over and over and over because they're all so good and I have so much fun doing it. And they're all they're all funny, they're all steamy, they're all high heat, they're all standalone. They're all optimistic and sunny and make you feel good. And yeah, the characters are going to go through a little bit, but I'm not your angst lady. I am your quippy banter, steamy encounters, big feels. You know, they're going to have some fights to work through, but it's not, I'm not 
trying to destroy anybody. I just want you to have a really nice time when you sit down to read. And you do every single Aww, time. I adore it. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining this us. This was so much fun. I, I thank you for the invitation. I, I love talking about Pride and Prejudice and sexy hand flexes. And please, anytime. Anytime you need somebody to talk about hands, I'm your lady. <laughs> well, we're going to give you homework. You have to watch Atonement. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Yes, ma'am. And then we will we will do a special atonement episode. Yeah. And you'll that's come James back. McAvoy, right? That's like oh, oh sexy yes. Okay. Oh, right. yes. I'm in. Yes, it is. Yes. It is. Talk about blue eyes. Let me <sighs> tell you. Done. Yeah. And okay. I would also say while I'm I'm promoing my stuff, I will have my Bridgerton season two recap. Uh, available on Entertainment Weekly, EW.com. That will go live, I think, right on March 25th. So um, you could read that. It will be under my journalism name and not my author name. So that will be under Sarah Netsley. But if you go to EW.com and look for Bridgerton Recap, you'll find me. So, And I will also put it on all of my socials. I will not be shy. Yay. And we will be retweeting so that everyone knows. Yes. We'll Much like Newton link- the Corgi in season two, I will not be shy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Daria, where can they find us? All right, guys. If you are curious to kind of go through any of our back episodes, you can find us at hotelvicarious.com. If you want to email us and tell us what a Colin Firth Darcy fan you are, uh, that's hotelvicarious at gmail.com. And if you want to argue with us on social about the Darcy bracket, that is Hotel Vicarious on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, listener, we appreciate you sticking around for such a lengthy and interesting, joyful discussion about Pride and Prejudice 2005. So thanks for checking in, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye.